What's going on, guys, and happy Monday. Destroy is about to enter a brand new era with X-23 coming out tonight. We're going to break down the card, all the decks, everything you need to know about why she's going to be insane for Destroy. We'll also be talking about the OTA buffs that just happened, Crystal, Shauna, and Forge, and how they impacted the current Marvel Snap meta. And finally, guys, we're going to be ranking every single new card, Series 4 and 5, in a quick tier list. We're going to be talking about that all today and more on this episode of the Snapchat. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Alex Coach up, dude, as Marvel Snap has said, something big is coming. We had 500 credits, man. Uh, we have the OTA hit. We had a pretty big week. How you doing? I'm doing great, and you're right. There's so much excitement right now. Uh, Gamescom apparently is going to hit us with some absolute banger information. I simply can't wait. But you're right. It is crazy. We, we're, there's going to be a massive announcement, and it's going to reshape Marvel Snap forever. And the thing I'm most excited about, if you go back in time, like six months, when we talked about the roadmap and our most anticipated features. We were talking about like PC launch, talking about all these different things. So if it's PC launch, you know I'm happy. If I get a widescreen UI cozy, I'm going to just lose my mind because that has been what I've been clamoring for for the longest time. Dude, the, the like the battling is like such a big piece. I can't wait to see. But like the, the deck building, I hope they redid that the collection screen i'm just like i'm giddy to hope that that got some type of redesign it's not just some like i don't know portrait mode expanded kind of thing you know but uh dude tonight man we have probably the biggest card to drop for an archetype as long as i can remember maybe going back to like hit monkey if that's even a fair thing to say could go back even further feels more important than ghost spider others man we have a lot we're chatting about and with that we're going to be talking about a lot on this side. Alex, what are we going to be talking about on your side of the channel? My side of the channel, we'll be talking about our favorite cards of the season. And this time, I'm remembering it's cost one through six, folks. And then we're going to be talking about the meta decks of August 2023 thus far. And then finally, our top 10 destroy cards leading up to the card we're probably just about to talk about. Dude, X-23. Like, okay, the OTA happened first. So we should have talked about that on the first subject. But I can't wait. Like, I legit, we've been now talking about... This card, going back to when we talked about cards that are upcoming, and we're like, surely it's going to change, buddy. Like, I mean, there's no way that it's going to come out the same way. But dude, it's the same card that was data mined a yeah. long time ago. X-23, guys. She is going to be a one-cost. I love getting more one-cost cards. Two power. And when this is discarded or destroyed, regenerate it at a random location, and you get plus one energy next turn alex man there's so much to break down a lot of decks combos synergy like right off the rip though man like how you feeling i i feel like this card is gonna be a game changer it's just it's just amazing i i love the idea of uh you know destroy and to some degree discard getting a specific ramp style card i think that its effect cannot be slept on i think that it's going to enable some absolutely wild combinations specifically on turn five and six because Listen, you can destroy X-23 on turn four. That allows you to play Null on turn five, and then you can follow up with Zola on turn six. The combo makes perfect sense, and it's a beautiful thing to behold. So I think there's going to be a ton of potential here with this card, and I think you're right to identify, like, which other cards really, really helped archetypes in the past. You brought up Ghost Spider. I think this might be more akin to, like, a MODOK for what MODOK did to discard, and I think that this is going to do for destroy. Yeah, dude, I... <laughs> This is all about, today's about Destroy. I mean, how do we not, because it feels like it's, Destroy is one of those archetypes that like every kind of turn matters because it's very tight on cost. Like your decisions are about as tight as discard because that's kind of the same, float your boat. 
Uh, today, we're going to be breaking down like synergies that we think are going to work well, how to counter it if you uh, didn't save up to get it. But with that, I want to talk about the spotlight first, all right? So this spotlight, buddy, might be the best one we've seen. Legion, High Evo, Darkhawk is probably the one to beat. And, and looking back now how good Legion is, I don't even think they were prepared to, 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 to know how good Legion was going to be. But it's awesome because Silk was the one that people were kind of, they were kind of like, oh, I got to get Silk, man. Like that doesn't feel that great. But obviously she's one of the better cards right now by a good landslide. And we have Nebula, man. One through five stars. What are you giving it? To me, it, it definitely feels like near five star. This is yeah, an easy right. four and a half to me in terms of like just quality. And it's funny. You're, you're right, man. Silk was being slept on. I, I love this. This is a whole other conversation, but isn't it crazy to you and to me that like we've had Silk for a long time and everyone just slept on it for months. And like Thanos was the same way. Like Thanos had sat there, but like, oh, this card's okay. Then all of a sudden it's like, hey, what if we just lockjaw this with Quinjet and break the meta? And then all of a sudden Silk's kind of doing something similar. It's like this card is just sat there unused. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this card might actually be pretty damn good. And it comes roaring back just in time for the spotlight cash. Yeah, dude, when, whenever it came out, I was like, oh my gosh, what about it? What about this like Craven Nightcrawler Jeff Magneto deck? I was like, this could be cool. Had a terrible win rate. I was like doing awful. I even had a whole deck guide made up, deleted it wasn't good enough i think i had kingpin in it too which was always the issue but at that time it wasn't great now it's like it's come back full circle to being one of the you know we talked about it last week just one of the more premier decks out there at the moment so you have silk you have nebula right which if you didn't get in the season pass this is a no-brainer not and then really good variants at that too the spotlight variants are, are just chef's kiss this is to me a no-brainer Probably five-star week. Uh, 4.75 if you want to get technical, I guess. But, like, it's right there, bud. Yeah, each of these cards has a role to play. And, like, I've been adding Nebula to a lot of my decks. I feel like Nebula has kind of fallen off the, the zeitgeist of Marvel Snap a little bit. And I don't think it deserves it. I think... I think it's a great card. And with the prevalence of armor specifically, you're getting armor back into more decks. Like Nebula loves just sitting under armor, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's perfect. It's the perfect spot for her. So I do think that the addition of Nebula is going to be fantastic to any collection. Silk might be a little more niche, but still, I think that the only two people that at all were high on Silk at the release were you and Dara. Like to be honest, we're the only two people that I think were speaking at all positively. I wasn't. So like, it's kind of cool to see the card have a legitimate resurgence here. Yeah, without question. So uh, guys, if you want my advice, this is the week that you go for. If you have some of the cards and you have tokens, this might not be a bad one to go ahead and spin the tokens on because it's just that big of a game changer. If you still want to save up, remember, I mean, guys, try to just open if you have four or if you can get four. It's going to feel really bad if you get everything around X23, but then you don't and then you're pressured to do something you don't want to. That's the typical advice, I think, with spotlights. Let's talk about the card, man, because... This might be one of the more exciting cards that I've been anticipating for a while. When it comes to card synergy, I, I, I think it's nothing too crazy as far as like, wait a second, what about this combo? But there are some uh, kind of crazy things that you can do with it. Now, obviously, you brought up, I think, in the intro just slightly, you've got the Arnim Zola, you've got the Noel combo. And, and honestly, more specifically, I think this is bigger for Noel than it is just about any other card because he felt like the card that you could never get down because there was something else to do. Even if you try to ramp them in, it just felt like you weren't destroying something because you were trying to ramp them in. Is This is like going to take Noel to a new tier, in my opinion. 
This is huge. It's absolutely insane. In fact, our third topic today is the ranking of the Series 4 or 5 cards. And I had a hard time landing null because I'm like, mm -hmm. this card is going to go higher if I put it here. Because like yeah. when X23 comes out, like this card completely sees new play because of that fact you just said. Like there was so many times where you had null and you wanted to play null, but it was tricky. So then you know, people start playing the new magic, but that's a turn seven play. And so like all of a sudden you're just like, well, you're opponent benefits from turn seven too. But with X23, you're ramping into cards and they're not getting the benefit of that additional turn. They're not getting the extra draw. They're not getting a, an extra chance to do their combo. So it's like a disproportionate advantage with X23 towards the destroy deck. Yep. I love that. And the nice thing about it, when you're destroying X23, you're just destroying cards. So you could actually play something like, you know, a turn four, you destroy, uh, sorry, X-23 on turn four, turn five, null, turn six, Zola, and death at the same time, because you're destroying things all game. So I think that's why this is going to be so good, because let's, let's have the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, best case scenario, and the way I see X-23 being the best purpose. You now have a solid turn one play. Like Deadpool was obviously good, right? But Nova could be awkward on turn one because you're like, just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. X-23, you're like, get out there. There you go. Worst case scenario, she comes around turn, well, obviously like five or six, but let's say like turn four. The cool thing about Destroy is like, dude, you have like a bunch of cards that are all just trying to do one thing, right? You're like, you're just, you're trying to destroy things, whether that be your Wolverine, whatever that might be. And you have things that cost two, Three, you have the de you have the, the death lock, right? If you want to just have that one lane full. So there's something, there's a way to make her fit into these kind of bonus turns. I think turn three, giving you five power in turn four that we've seen in Thanos control now for a while is going to be one of the biggest uses. And then obviously what you just said, trying to get two six cost cards out there. Now, if you guys don't know, the way to play destroy right now, there's, there's two paths. It's pure destroy, go crazy. You're trying to build up your Deadpool, get him up to crazy numbers, and you're getting all this done to get a death and a null out there, or a death or a null, right? Like, that's one way. And then the other way is, well, obviously Nimrod. Nimrod's really good at the moment and trying to go and spread him out with a more methodical approach and, and potentially a ramping approach on destroy. And she helps both of these out. I think that's where it comes in such handy, buddy. So what do you think you're going to play more of, or what cards... Right off the bat, do you think I have the best synergy with X-23? I mean, right off the bat for me, it's just like, <laughs> I, I lean towards the classic destroy style pattern where you do have like the Deadpool into like, you're just constantly just destroying mm -hmm. things every single turn. Also with Deadpool, that extra one energy makes a huge difference. Like what does turn six look like now? Like you can maybe play something that's not Taskmaster Deadpool. You could play Null and Deadpool now. Right? Like it's a totally different game when you have that seven energy, when it, when your Deadpool is a one cost that you've been building up that entire time. Uh, you could play Deadpool into Zola. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, not on the Deadpool, obviously, but because uh, that'll actually kick back to your hand. But you would play it on like, you know, a Venom you might have in another location or something along those lines. Right. And I just think that the classic destroy pattern is going to benefit it. The, the actual lines on the Nimrod style package with like destroyer Shuri, I wasn't as clear on because I was trying to figure, okay, like I, I destroy X 23, I get the extra mana, but I still kind of want like Shuri Nimrod. So it's like, do I really need it there? Like that was one line I didn't quite pick up on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the one you scan goes back to your hand. I'm pretty sure Deadpool though stays on the board. The two of them though. So it spreads to two, one goes back to your hand. I think is how it works Whoa. the last time I remember doing it. I didn't it's, know that. That's it's not super niche though. It's not like you do it all the time. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I, I, I don't know. If you're, if you're saying that they would stick the board, that's different because it's being destroyed. And when the card's destroyed, it should go back to your hand. No, but you're saying it's being replicated. Well, so it adds two cards. So I, dude, I, like I play Deadpool so much. I, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Now, now, now I'm doubting it, but I'm pretty sure you kill it. 
And then uh, uh, Artem Zola is adding, not replace. So it's like you're you're putting those two there. They're copies. You're not killing those copies. So you kill the main one, it goes out. Then you put them two. Whereas Wolverine, you kill it, it lands because you kill it and it lands. But then the other two don't land again, right? Like they just stay there because they're getting added to that location. So whether that's a great thing to do or not, I think that's how it does work. And I'm willing to, you know, maybe maybe I'm I'm whiffing this hard, uh, but I'm like 90% sure that that's how that works. But either way, Arnim Zola into more of these plays is going to be uh, like Zola is a big winner from this too, uh, just because he's going to he's going to make more sense. You couldn't really like at best case scenario, you destroyed enough stuff to get a death that was like, you know, one or even zero. And then you could do like a death Arnim Zola, right? Like that was kind of like that could be some crazy stuff. What I think, dude, what, what, I, what I think is just going to be exciting with this is the sheer number of turn value. Because people are forgetting, you can kill this thing. Sorry, not a thing. Okay, she has a name. I think her name's Laura, and she's actually Wolverine's clone, from what I remember from uh, the, my lore. You can keep destroying her, buddy. You can get, in fact, if you destroy her twice, like, let's say, dude, this won't happen all the time, but Kamartage, you do, like, a Venom, it eats, she lands, you can eat it again, right? So you can actually get more and more energy. It's not a one-time use. And that's what's going to get... It's going to be hard to get that out of her head because it's Psylocke, no? Yeah, and uh, not to mention things like Death Stone, Not Death Domain. What's the one? Altar of Death. Altar of Death. You have Deadpool and X-23. And you're just like, hey, hey, hey look at this. I'm oh. doubling power and I'm getting more energy. Wow. Please retreat. Thank you. Thank Dude, you for your cubes. But honestly, good point. Because actually, I feel like location-wise, there isn't a bigger variance of like... You win, I lose, you lose, I win. Then when like death domain or something comes up and you have a destroy deck. Like there's just not a bigger yeah. variance of, of advantage. With her, I, I want to get to discard a little bit here. And and I don't want to go too much into forge and stuff yet. Lady Deathstrike and Nimrod. Let's just go to the five and six. Everyone you see on this page right here is going to get better. Outside of uh, even death to some degree because you're killing another card that can uh, regenerate, right? All these cards get better because you can play them more frequently and easier. So I don't know if you've done a lot of Nimrod action, Alex. I've loved Nimrod lately. It's been one of my favorite decks I've been playing, honestly. You've nimmed your rod? I have, very consistently. Once you start, it's it's hard to not nim all the time. Very hard. So this is why I think it's going to help him a lot. Now, right now, you want to Shuri into Nimrod and like that's still very advantageous. But what I think is kind of cool is we'll talk about this more in the Forge discussion. But you can theoretically now get Nimrod out early by X-23 destroy. Let's say you have X-23 down. You could play whether that be Carnage, whatever that might be. But you can also forge the Nimrod if things go just right and perfectly. You're going to have to have some things. But the biggest thing is you're going to be able to spread this guy a whole nother turn. And obviously that's where things really start to pick up with something like uh, Venom. Where if you get a couple copies, you're having a whole nother turn to spread him, which, you know, in the Psylocke deck that has that, you have Psylocke in the deck just to try to get that one niche off, whereas now you're, like, having synergy with it. Yeah, no, it is huge, and you're right. There's just a couple different approaches to Nimrod, like try and get him vertical, spread him once or twice, right? And then there's the, I'm just going to put Nimrods everywhere, throw down Destroyer, and just don't even do the math, and just let him pop <laughs> around all over the place, right? So I, I do I do like the Nimrod callout. It's just the thing that I get back to is, like, it's so crazy how, like, with, with Psylocke, right, you're, you're paying two energy for a two one and you can destroy it. And like, that's it. And you get that destroy value. The cards got, but with this card with X 23 for destroy specifically, like the carnage gets that plus two and you get 
the energy, right? The, uh, you know, the, the venom gets the pluses, all those things happen and think about how valuable, how important a time stone is to Thanos, right? And yes, you work a little harder here for it, but you're getting more because you're getting more points out of it. I know, dude. It's just, it's so crazy to think, like even in Thanos destroy, this is going to be nuts because then you have the time stone and this and Killmonger doesn't even need to be near the damn card to, to destroy, right? Like it can just kill her on the other location or whatever. Like, yeah. dude, Killmonger just naturally fits into this like really well. A couple questions. Number one, does this completely get rid of Nova and what he brings? Number two, this is a bigger one too. Is there any world where this whiffs and it's a bad card? I can't even imagine this being a bad card. Like how I, it doesn't make sense to me. So first off, does it whiff? I think that in the interim, it'll be hard to play because of the amount of Cosmo and armor you're going to be seeing. Every single person that gets this card, just expect armor and Cosmo is on the other side because that's what happens with every really like huge card like this every major release people are going to be playing to counter it right and that makes sense because people aren't going to have the spotlight caches to to pull them and then they're going to want to counter what the meta is and i think you're going to see a lot i mean as it is destroy so so good i don't think this card whiffs though but yeah. one thing i will say is you mentioned killmonger i think there's a utility to killmonger that's underappreciated with this card okay yeah. and we'll talk about nova in a sec that's i think that's important too but with killmonger i think one of the things that could almost be seen as a disadvantage of x23 is that if it bounces into a location that you can't deal with, like let's say it bounces into a location that you can no longer access, like a, a Clint or Klein, whatever the hell it is, yeah. and, mm -hmm. or into a, a location that's like, uh, not frozen, flooded, flooded, sorry. Killmonger can hit it, proc the effect, and then possibly bounce it back to the other side where you can play it again. So Killmonger has this reach to perhaps pull the RNG out from a location you weren't able to play with. It can also knock it into an armored location, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, that is a good point. And by that time, I guess you're getting the five energy because you're on three doing that at the earliest, right? So like, I guess it's like, all right, well, you still get the five energy from it or whatever, but that's a great point. You can actually get it to other locations, like almost use it as a super mini, mini, mini Jeff, right? Or whatever, or whatever, spider, whatever things to get over to closed locations. You know, you can, you can try to make that work. I, I like that. The Nova, I'm already etching out Nova. Forge made it even worse. Man. Nova's such a good card in, like, a lot of decks. And I'm not talking about every deck, but in Destroy. Like, Surfer will want Nova. What about Destroy? It's a good question. Because you can you can go without Nova in just uh, the classic Destroy play pattern oh, yeah. now. Because I think X-23 fills that gap better. Because you can destroy so many times, right? With Surfer, because you're naturally playing Killmonger as a tech. And, like, yes, the ramp is nice. But, like, you could ramp into Sarah quicker, right? Theoretically. Right Ooh. with with surfer, which is nice, but like you're just gonna dump your hand anyway. You usually just dump your hand. So I, I don't think that actually helps Sarah as much. Like I don't think that helps Surfer as much as I think just classic destroy getting rid of Nova and adding X23 benefits. But Surfer obviously wants to hit the the broodlings, wants to hit like I think I think Nova still has its place there, and I, that's exactly yeah. what you just said, honestly. So I guess we agree. Uh, I, and also uh, like Moon Girl, you could already want to play with Death a little bit, so I think that that works. And, and I want to talk discard briefly. Uh, Alex brought up a good point, guys. If you don't have this card, which I think a lot of our listeners are going to because we've been preaching to save, save, save for now going on two months. Obviously, Cosmo's good. Cosmo and armor together are, are just such easy ways to 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 not only stop this, but like it's over if you land the armor or the Cosmo, a little bit of priority, right? The other thing is Polaris, man, just move it out of the way. You know what they're trying to do? You get more initiative. Maybe you can't get the armor down, but you can surely move that X-23 
from where they're trying to do it and then they're just pissed off right so you know there's more than one way to counter it pro x you know those kind what do you think about discard because i think it's here's the problem it's cool but i don't know how many times i want to ramp really all that much with discard so the way i've been trying to like work with new cards coming out and like how i've been designing new decks is like i don't think about just the card as a whole in a vacuum i try to think of like what the actual lines look like yeah right like what does the actual play pattern look like and that's kind of how i've been trying to determine so with discard the only real like good play line that i was like okay this makes a lot of sense is calling wing into the x23 right and then that allows you to play your drac on turn three and that opens up more space because Dracula is often at a point where you're like, oh, I have Hellcow. I can't play or I have a, you know, Sif. And if I Sif, I'm going to knock out my Dracula because I haven't drawn my Apoc or whatever. There's often this like awkwardness playing around discard, which I think why like a lot of discard players prefer to use something like a Sunspot to give you that. Okay, well, I have to skip this turn because my draw sucks and at least Sunspot likes it. But I do think that X23 into Colleen Wing can g- allow you to play out an early, you know, Dracula, maybe an early Hellcow if you don't have Hella in your hand or whatever. So I think that that might have some value. That's actually a good point. I think what it'll do is like on paper right now with like how we play d- discard, which is just so optimized. That's why I think it's hard to kind of tell sometimes, right? But what it will do and Hell Silver Samurai for that matter too, to like get more swarms, maybe you can ramp into that when that comes out the week after this. You can now look at four and five cost cards and be like, okay, what do I cheat out before the MODOK? What do I try to get out there really quickly? Can you squeeze an Iron Man? Can you squeeze? No, obviously not. But you know what I mean? Like there's like, imagine getting an Iron Man out there quickly, having those swarms. And now you're doubling up a bunch of free swarms. Like it's going to reimagine discard and Silver Samurai is going to be that other ticket that really brings it home. Not to mention Dakin or Dawkin or Dakin, but you know, the, he's also obviously going to benefit. The one that I couldn't quite figure out, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I felt like Modok didn't see much benefit here because I was like, what What am I going to do with seven energy on turn, like on a discard deck? You have Chavez and free swarms. Like yeah. what? I, I couldn't find that like benefit. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you know something I don't, but I was like, I think Modok doesn't win necessarily with X23. I If I'm wrong, I love, hey, I love Modok and discard, but I didn't see the initial line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agreed. I think discard's harder to see, but again... Uh, destroy just makes so much sense because of the re you only get to do it once with discard like that's the biggest ticket it doesn't cost energy but it's one energy and compared to the shard it's like big whoop man i'll pay one to get one the rest of the game right obviously having the play pattern is is gonna work so altogether x23 man awesome card i'm stupid stoked to see i would say guys plug it right into pure destroy you're gonna see just great value off the rip i expect it to be in other decks cheeky maybe even surfer maybe even other builds like Sarah Miracle back in the day used to have kind of this Killmonger, Bucky Barnes, Carnage build. We could see a lot yeah, of things come out of this. Destroy Thanos. Yeah, Destroy Thanos is going to be insane too. So really yeah. pumped about X-23 and my God, it's going to be a, a, a wild week. Let's talk about the OTA, Alex. OTA hit us. I kind of forgot that it was here because we just got slammed and I was like, well, there's no way there's an OTA this week. But lo and behold, we get slammed with Forge, Shauna, and Crystal. Forge is getting up to a plus three power. You have Shauna, who's now down to a three, two from a four, four. And then you have Crystal. And Crystal is going to be going down to a three, three. So one thing I saw, Alex, is I thought it was interesting that Shauna and Crystal got another pass and that they, they kind of took two chances to get those cards right. When uh, I just posted this, this is the least popular cards. Always fun to talk about this. None of these... Gotta look. Now, some of these are going to need a full balance patch, right? The abilities to its core. But even when we said, like, Adam Warlock, give him one energy, see what happens, whatever, right? Like, 
Before we talk about the card specifically, were you shocked that these got two passes? What were your thoughts on the OTA in that regard? You know what? I'm not sure what to think. Like when I look at this list, like obviously Snowguard's gonna be the bottom because it's not a card that everyone has yet, stuff like that. But like when you see something like a Quicksilver, I could I think Quicksilver not ever being changed might be okay because of the new player experience. Uh, I mean I've I, does it get played in Hella? Not Hella, sorry. Agatha decks on occasion. I mean it still sucks, but I think I think I've seen it there, right? But like for me, it's like okay. I actually have seen Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket has been played in Galactus, so there's a spot there. Baron, okay, you you make Ronin better, maybe Baron becomes better. So you know, we talked about Crossbones the other week. The one that kills me is Angel. Like the one I keep looking, at, I'm like, why the Angel specifically? What like we got to do something with Angel? And you're right, it's going to be a patch. It cannot be a notate. They don't just make Angel a one three. It just does not solve the problem at all. No. So with that, guys, the the first one that we <laughs> I think we got to talk about a little bit, buddy, has got to be. Forge. I think Forge is the winner of the patch. So much so, dude, that I dare say I think he's one of the best two-cost cards. Not like, you know, premier, like top of the line. I think there are better options there for sure. But you now have a 2-4, just like, let's call it at a 2-4, which is insane stats. But also, you have so many cards that will benefit off of his boosting and power that it ends up being much more than a 2-4. But what are your initial thoughts on Forge? My impressions are that Forge really, really benefit from that plus one power because it's not just plus one power. Like, think about what that plus three in total now on aggregate does to a Nimrod, does to a Deadpool, does to a Brood. And these are all obvious synergies, but they're obvious for a reason. They're good and they work. And so now Forge works in Surfer, works in all these other boost decks. And don't forget, Cozy, what came out last week that we're like, man, this card's not that good. Yeah. It's just not that good. It needs some love. And suddenly we have a way to give it some love. So to your point of like, uh, what'd you say, Brood and and, and Mr. Sinister, naturally, man, a, a Patriot is like, hello and thank you, Surfer. Like, God, man, Brood is getting so much more power. It's insane. It feels like if you get this out to a Brood, to an Absorbing Man, it's just like comical how much you're pumping out with this card alone, man. Uh, Black Panther to an extent, I think that's probably a little bit more niche, but you, you have that option. It's just cool to see. It's cool. I, I thought this was one that I think we said initially, like, oh, just give him a 2-2. Two, two. This is crazy. I didn't think they were going to give him another PowerPoint, man. Deadpool, Human Torch, you have move decks, you have destroy decks, and where I'm liking it most is a destroy deck because now you have Dak and Nimrod and Deadpool all wanting this power. And then to your point, the newest card of the week outside of X-23, that's Lady Deathstrike. Okay, so we'll be brief on her, but in your initial testing, did you hate her? What, what were your thoughts? I didn't hate her. I thought she was okay. It's also okay. a card I think is really dangerous. If she's too good, it's going to piss everyone off. Like this card could not come out like OP because this no. would have ruined Snap. Like it's just so annoying, right? So they had to undertune it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that like buffing it via like, okay, well maybe give, you know, Forge a little bit. Maybe give like all these small ways to buff it up. I think makes a lot of sense. Be a little more conservative with a card like this. Honestly, I won games. I took out Patriots. I took out Iron Man. And I, I would take out the Iron Man before they played their their Mystique. And they would cry and they would retreat. Like, it actually worked well for me. It worked really well in Cerebro 3. I actually really, really like it in Cerebro 3. I've been playing more Cerebro 3 than I've played before. And I'm like, this card's actually good. And it I worked. got that idea from you. You're the one that called out Cerebro 3 being a good inclusion for Deathstrike. I thought maybe it would work because of, like, how it went. I remember we were like, I don't know. We'll have to see, right? Uh, to me, man... Couple things. X23, again, five costs makes her better. But my God, the Forge guys, you need to understand 
That's where you get the balance perfect. Investing in her to make her good, where it's not a Shuri. You know what? Like, Shuri's just so much of a commitment at that point. You can now kill your X-23 and just keep ramping, right? Because it's a free kill on that card and the shard. But dude, taking her up to six power, the problem with Forge before was when you had her at five power, right? It was super awkward because if you go here and we sort by power, right? The cards that she could destroy were not that great because five is the, is the mark. You want to kill things at five. So now that she can go to six, you're taking down Captain Marvel. You're taking down Enchantress. You're taking down Spider-Man, Polaris. So the good value cards. Finally, it feels like she's going to be an answer to a degree to cards that are just trying to spit out the fives. You know what I mean? And that's been the heavy meta for a yeah. while. Absolutely. And the thing I loved about it is my line was often on turn four, Bucky Barnes, if I had drawn him later, into Forge, into the same location, and then I just swipe it, just swipe yep. it clean with Lady Deathstrike, and then Lady Deathstrike procs the Bucky Barnes, gets rid of the Forge because it's taking up space on the board, wipes out half, if not their entire board state on the other side, and just sits there like this under Shang-Chi range. Like it's, it's perfect. I'm like, well, I'm just going to win on the other side now. Like yeah. you're not going to contest that location. I just destroyed your game plan. Oh, dude. So I, I actually, honestly, it's very combo centric, very combo centric. It has a place in the game. I'm glad it's not OP, but I do think that it's better than most people are giving it credit for. I think it's by comparison of hell, the last three weeks and the next five weeks of cards that come out. Like that's what it is. This is one of those that if you open in the random S4, S5, you don't need to be mad. In fact, you need to be glad because you just got it randomly and then you can start making it work into destroy. It's just tough to be like, invest in it because I don't think you I don't think you go for her, right? And at no. this point, it'll be too late or at least you guys will have like, I don't know, five hours from that point of this being posted, right? But she is going to add to the archetype. X-23 is going to make her even better. I I'm excited to see as this expands more. Negative is a fun build for her. You can kill your own negatives. You can kill goblins. A lot of utility for LDS. Now... Let's talk about the other two cards, man. We'll, we'll go with Crystal in on Shauna. You're the Crystal man, at least uh, you're the guy that I think plays her more than other people, more than myself. Do you really feel like this did all that much to her? The only thing I'll say is I did play a lot of Crystal because I actually like Ronan, even though he sucks. I like the style of deck. I know it's not the best deck in the world. I just like playing it. Does that make sense? It's like a feel-good comfort deck. But what I will say is that I played Zabu in those lists because I wanted Crystal as a three-cost. Because... On turn six, I could play Mystique Crystal with my Ronin, or or if I had Devil Dinosaur out there, because I often play them in tandem, I could play Mystique into Crystal if Zabu's on the board. This is a straight buff. Now I can cut Zabu from these decks, right? I know Crystal's a three drop, so my turn six can still look like Mystique Crystal, which is very strong in Devil Dinosaur and Ronin. It's huge, to be honest with you, because you're adding two power to each of those cards. So I do like it from that standpoint. But it's it's still crystal. I think that you know you are drawing you know cards for them, and that's you know, I always just like to assume they have their combo. But cozy, have you experimented at all in Silver Surfer? I'd be interested in your thoughts because uh, no, I'm not as sold there. It's here's the problem. Like I don't mind it in Surfer because it's like okay, you get your cards, you can get Surfer better, and you benefit more than your opponent. Ultimately, you think you would like to think so, right? It just goes back, man. It's so. Hard because the three coster is just so limited. It, it, and it comes back to like, is she truly a better play than Shadow King? Then that, you know, there's that one fill spot kind of thing, you know, yeah. by now, right? Rogue, Ro Shadow King. Exactly. I don't think so. Uh, like, I think that's what it no. comes down to. What I will say is, like, in Conquest and stuff, like, it's nice to have as like a different breed of surfer. 
but it, I just would, I would rather the row counter. I would rather what, especially now that she's like a three, two, you know, you get a little bit more out of her, but the draw is nice, man. I'm not going to say like getting your surfer. If you're playing a surfer deck without surfer, it can be, it can struggle. Right. And this is giving you so, uh, uh, you know, right there at a chance to get it. If you have magic, you're pretty much all but one card at that point uh, to end up getting your surfer. You know, if Thanos is popular, these card, these decks already have a lot of cards in their hand. Maybe you can get benefit out of that. She's better. She's not great. She's definitely better. And I, again, I played her with Zabu specifically to get this result. Yeah. So for me, it's a net buff across the board. Obviously, she loses one power, but that's that's not why you play. You don't play her for the power. But the only thing with Surfer is that, like, I'm like, you know what? I usually have Surfer by turn five or six anyways. Like, you draw that late, right? Yeah. And at that point, it's like you, you'd hit the nail on the head. There are so many competitive three drops, specifically for the meta you're in. And there's going to be the staples, right? You're, you're going to have Brood. You're likely having Storm Jug, right? And then, then what happens is, like, you actually only have a few kind of, you know, kind of wiggle room spots. And you're going to need Shadow King for Destroy Matt. I don't care what anyone says. Shadow King destroys Venoms and others. Mm -hmm. And then you have your Sarah, and also the deck builds itself. And then where does Crystal go? And it's a 3-5, sure. The one thing I'll ask you, though, is when you play Crystal, do you just assume that your opponent just always has their cards anyway? You're not actually helping them? Yes, do, no. I just always play like my opponent has their pieces. 100%. That's how you should play, but does it, is it reality? Like, definitely not, right? I, he, honestly, yeah. where I like her the most, bar none, period, is a Hazmat, Luke Cage deck. Because at that point... You're just literally going, I want Luke Cage, I want Hazmat, I'm going to wong them to, to absolute hell, and I win either way. Have your cards, have your combo, it literally doesn't matter, right? So, like, outside of a Galactus deck. That's where I liked her the most, is, like, the combo deck, but the Hazmat one specifically, because that's the ultimate, like, do whatever you want to do, because I'm going to win. And while we're talking about Crystal, can we just pay respect to this Pixel variant being one oh of the absolute God. best in the game? It's easily, if not, if not, I would say it's near top three. It's, this is an amazing The Pixel animations variant. is what does it. Like, Pixel animations are just trash, but this is just, and like, dude, I mean, poof, she's fine. It's a good looking yeah. animation. Now, let's get to the last card here. Oops, almost went to four. That's what she was. She's now down to a three and a three, two at that. We've got Shauna, the Sheet Devil. Now, I don't recommend ever going and trying to look up her art online unless you're by yourself because I did for some thumbnails. Goodness. Shauna is now a 3-2. Were those pics didn't make it to the thumbnail? And they, there, was like a, there was a couple controversial pictures in there. I think I'd have to explain my search history to Mrs. Cozy. What do you think of Shauna? Honestly, this is... <laughs> I'm glad she got touched off because she did suck. I think she still might suck. But, but I think there's a couple decks that I know that you're a fan of, right? That it, it does work better in. So I, I'm going to pass it off to you because I think you're a little bit more of a believer in Shauna. And I think that you have a couple decks that might actually work a little better. I, I'm a little lower. I'm a little lower. But but what I will say is I think she is better than she was before. But I can see her getting to a 3-3 eventually. So here is my... Uh, we are filming this on Saturday because uh, I've got a hurricane, which is such a what-the-hell thing to say for San Diego. So I'm expected to lose power. But... On Sunday, I've got a zoo deck guide coming out, and it, it is what I have played. Now gotten five infinite tickets with it, infinity tickets. Ooh. It's spicy. It's, it is good. It is good. It is rich, though, in cost a little bit, I will say, as far as what you need for it. However, she is just net better in that deck, period. I think there's a few people where she's worse, and this is where I saw some feedback, and it, it, it's just wrong. They wouldn't have decided to, to fix or buff her if she was doing, like, sensational here. Uh... Zabu Shauna lists specifically are are a no go almost right like they 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 just you, you used to have such a great thing going there 
because you got the discount and the more power. Now it's like you have her on three, so playing her on curve, you don't need the Zabu. It just doesn't... You don't have to have that Zabu. So, I've been playing this new take on Zoo. It is called Control Zoo, Alex. And Ooh, I'll I like it. Yeah, dude, so you're gonna... This is fun. This is gonna be out on uh, Sunday, so people will have access to it. Let me go ahead and bring up the deck here. This is Thanos Zoo. She does work out there, too, but obviously she's not in this deck. Here's Zoo Control. Now, the name of this deck and the way that it works, uh, Nebula is going to be a flux card. It could be Ant-Man. It could be Jeff. It could be a lot of things. But we only have a few one-cost cards here. We have that top row, and we have all these cards synergizing with Angela and Jean Grey. Now, Jean Grey, you know I've been on that, that, that train for a while. Really cool and spicy deck here. The name of the game, what you're trying to get accomplished with this is you're trying to get your one-cost card, cards out there. You're building up Angela, so you have synergy with Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride. You have armor to land on that Angela lane or wherever to protect your one-cost cards that you're going to be laying down. And then what we're trying to do is get Jean Grey out. So Jean Grey with Echo is insane, first of all. You just shut down a majority of what they want to play, the Zabu's the ongoing cards. And everything you're trying to get accomplished is by having your Jean Grey full, whether that's with Shauna, Nightcrawler, or Jeff, that you can move later and fix that lane if you need to. You're trying to cheat a lane with Professor X. And then on the last turn of the game, my friend, all you're doing is playing Valkyrie and you're playing a one-cost card. Now, moving your Nightcrawler to a lane, you can then Valkyrie on that lane that you had those on the Jean Grey. All of a sudden, they don't have ongoing effects because the Echo's there. Everything's three, but you have Kazar, so you just go up a little bit more. Or you have the Angela to build up over that. It's awesome. Or you just play Kitty Pride. that is a, at this point, six power card, and you're winning two lanes very easily. Alex, this is a disgusting deck. I am so jealous and so upset that I had not thought of Jean Grey and Echo before you just said it. Are you kidding me, man? That's a disgusting combo in this meta. Like, that's insane. I, I can't believe I slept on that. How did I not pick that up? Like, I, Jean Grey Echo is fantastic. That's such a great idea, my man. Dude, I fell in love with Echo after this deck. I thought Echo was trash. And she, can, she, she doesn't work all the time because you have to, like, predict, right? It's like a mantis. But yeah, Jean Grey, man... You just pop it down and it's over. It, it's legit. There, I I can't tell you how many retreats I have because they can't do anything. Destroy Jean Grey is messing up everything just with destroy. And what feels so good is everything's working with each other, right? So your Nightcrawler in that Jean Grey lane, right? Okay, move it and help out your ex so you can get that cheated ex. And they have to play in Jean Grey anyway. So yeah, the only issues it has there's a couple is okay. You can say Killmonger. But what I will say to the Killmonger thing is that you've got armor in the deck and you have Professor X that are going to be protecting that. And most people are playing Killmonger late for the most part. If they played early, they're not going to be getting the benefit out of this, right? Because they have that. The hood can be Valkyrie, by the way. So you're not even having that negative three. But if they Killmonger it, fine. Take your hood away. Not a big deal. You can also get Nebula building up because Jean Grey, they have to play in that lane, right? So do you see all these like little synchronizing pieces that make this deck work? It's not as good, but... It feels like Rocks and Hawks, where you have something working consistently for the deck. One of the things I absolutely love about this deck is the inclusion of Valkyrie. It is one of the best surprise cards in the game. We've talked about it before. And if you're missing cards, like if you don't have Nebula, you don't have Kitty Pride, there are so many high-impact one-drops, right? Like Iceman, still fantastic, right? Ant-Man, under that armor, fantastic. And Ant-Man works beautifully, absolutely beautifully with Valkyrie. So you have options. You have ways to work around the deck for your collection. So Cozy, I think you've designed something that's really good here. And honestly, I'm going to take it for a spin. Dude, it's a lot of fun. Again, if you want to check out the whole guide, it's out there. But, uh, you know, you, you do need Jean Grey. Now, what I will say is, Shauna, though, 
You don't even have to have... That's the thing. We, we're kind of using this to boost up Shauna. Shauna, you need a way to spit out a lot of one-cost cards, and Shauna's getting better because there's new one-cost cards coming out that aren't the Hood and that aren't Ebony Maw, where it does feel a little weird to play here. Now, if you don't have this card or you don't have the majority, Thanos can also just strictly be better, serving the same role that Shauna has, giving you more, more ones. You have the Time Stone now to ramp out, and you can have more cards like Blue Marvel and Professor X. But you lose a lot of the synergy and kind of cohesiveness of the deck. So this would be the alternative that I would play. Anyway, long rant about Shauna. Everyone had their eyes on Forge. I, I wanted to go towards uh, what about Zoo? And hey, ultimately, Killmonger does still hurt the deck. But of course, it needs a it needs a counter as all decks have like a direct counter, right? So it, it's solid, man. Five infinity tickets. Uh, it's 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 crazy, buddy. So that brings us to the last subject of today, Alex. We've got ranking all of the new cards. Now, we probably should have saved a longer time for this because we've been chatting a while, but I thought this was cool to do. Every now and then, we rank where our opinions are of the new cards because, well, it's a hard decision, man. Yeah, it actually is. Like, when you do a tier list like this, like, there's a lot of pressure. Like, think about all the times I've talked highly about Ultron. You think people had nice things to say about that decision? We got to wait. Like, there's weight on our decisions here, oh, yeah. so we got to hit it. We got to hit it out of the park, Cozy. But I think I'm confident in my picks today. I'm so confident. Oh. I was also confident in Ultron. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, buddy, let's go ahead and take a look at the list here. We have S through F tier, my friend. And we got a lot of cards to rank. Now, I'm just going to kind of start picking them in any random order. And let's go ahead and let's start with Nebula. I think Nebula will be one that we both have a good discussion on. It's tough because when you start with the first ones, you need to rank them. And then like sometimes you can be too generous or too harsh because there's so many other cards to rank, right? So like that's where it gets a little tough. I'm going to be putting Nebula in the B tier. That's that's where I feel like she belongs. I think she's a good card. But it, when it comes to like all the cards in a vacuum and their impact, I have Nebula B. I lean towards Nebula being an A card because this card yeah. is so consistently a high power card and it has a Gene Grey style effect, right? Where your opponent's being baited into playing there all the time. So it has this control feel to it. I mean, it's in the control deck you just showed off, which I absolutely loved, right? So I lean towards A. I accept your B, but respectfully, sir, I think you're a little low. I had a feeling that you were going to have her in A. I just played so much of her and I just ultimately felt like I could replace her. Not saying she's not great, but like A and S I have is like, they do their thing to an insane degree. That's something that's so important in Marvel Snap, right? It's not all about pure power. There's going to be times where Iceman is simply better than Nebula yeah. because of what Iceman does. And that's what's crazy. You win the game by having more power than your opponent, but sometimes power is not everything in Marvel Snap. Absolutely. Still a great card, like insanely good card. Don't get me wrong. I love Nebula. I'll go ahead and pass the torch to you, buddy. Where are you going to rig Stature? Thatcher was difficult for me because like Same. it's legitimately a very high win rate card. I, in my heart, I want to give it an A, but I think it is a very high B. The reason for that is because it doesn't hold on its own. It needs pieces. Like you don't want to just play stature as a five. Like they just don't play stature. That feels terrible, right? Like yep. it has to have the pieces there. But honestly, the stats don't lie. This card slaps. So I think it belongs in B. Honestly, I concur. I think it's a B tier card in like the best way possible, mainly because of the setup, right? But it's great. When she was a seven power, hold another discussion, buddy, because she was absolutely insane. Going now to, we'll get some easy ones out of the way just so we can speed through it a bit. Snow Guard at the moment, guys. I Listen, I know that you have that one Snow Guard deck that nobody knows about. I keep sleeping on her. We will. She's not great. I, I think we could both say she's an F tier for now. Definitely needs a rework. Other cards that I think 
Not that we don't want to spend so much time, but at least I'm going to throw it up there. I want to be very careful with my S tiers. I think we could both confidently say at this point, Zabu is an S tier. Yeah, yeah. We're confident. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No question there. Other ones that we can just quickly throw at the moment, just because I feel confident more in Alex's choices as well. Thanos, buddy. I'm also going to put an S tier. I think at the moment, still just King, King Thanos, man. It's hard to take him off that throne too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And right behind Thanos, you can get my favorite baby shark there. Because like, do we really have to have a discussion about like, is Jeff not an S tier? It has yeah. to be, right? Yeah, Je Jeff yeah. is like the S tier, right? Yeah, so definitely easy decisions there, guys. Like these are cards that can be used in like so many decks. They can't be replaced in some instance or form. Really, really good cards. Now let's bring the discussion back a little bit and let's go to Jean Grey. I'm going to pass it to you first. Jean Grey. I have it as a low C. I have it as a low C. Oh. But... Listen, I know I saw your face. I'm sorry. For me, it feels like a low C. However, I feel like it's going to elevate in the destroy season because when you're able to control that destroy play, I think it helps. Although X23 just might, you know, the nice thing about X23 is that when it bounces, it might not be in that Jean Grey location. And the destroy player is like, I wish I could play over there. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that Jean Grey might actually elevate when X23 comes out, which is, hey, tonight. So maybe. The C is a little low, Cozy. Where do you have Jean Grey? I, I have her in the B tier, probably low B, like kind of like right here, but I think she's just so disrespected. And I'm, it's kind of like I'm willing to die on the hill. You know what I mean? I've seen other people rank her low. I get it. I just think like it's just, I don't, you build around her, you build the decks around her, but it's what she does to combos, man. What it is, is you have to learn to be comfortable with filling your lane early and having Nightcrawler and Jeff to then come back and address the lane. Like that's ultimately how it works. It's how you get over the con and having them play. There's just so many decks that are so one-dimensionally screwed if they can't play in certain locations. And so that's where I have her at B. Totally get it. I'll take the, the heat for it. It's fine. Let's go to rank Master Mold, buddy. Where do you have Mold? That would be a C for me. I yeah. actually think he's undertuned. He should be a 2-3 probably at a minimum. Sentinel is actually a good card, so you're giving them good cards. And unless you can completely stuff their hand, I don't know. I, I want to like Master Mold more, but for me, he feels like a C. I, to me, it's sad. He feels like a D, not a C. And because of that, he's an F, I right? I like, D, actually. I don't know why you don't have I, a D on I don't list. have a D. So, like, we'll put him in F, but I think we can both say, and we'll definitely have the respect here. I think we could both say he's more of a D than he is anything else. Yeah. On my on my notes, he's in D, but we, we skipped yeah, D on yeah, this yeah, list. Yeah. I think for template. real estate reasons. Yeah, it, yeah, that old template, all right? We didn't have D at the time. But yeah, he's. I have actually a few Ds, so it might be tough. And here comes the comments. Okay, anyway, next card up, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride for me, I have firmly an A. I think it's very strong. I think that the amount of value it gives to Angela's bishops and others, too good. Its ability to dodge initiative is huge because it naturally counteracts Killmonger to a degree. I think it's an excellent card, if not one of the absolute premier one drops in the game. Yep. I definitely feel like obviously like what happened to her hurt, but man, it almost did it perfectly. Like it hurt her ceiling, but her floor feels way better. So confidently a feel great about it too. Next card up. Let's go Legion. I, I think he has this hover territory between S and A tier. It, it's a weird, it, I want to be so strict on S, but I do think he makes it in there just because of his impact. It's dude, it's kind of he's one of the tougher ones because I honestly have him in the middle here. Low S, high A. Where do you have him? Exact same spot. I would have on my personal list here, I have him listed as a very high A simply because I'm like, ah, do I have to sell Cozy on the S? I don't know if I can sell Cozy on the S because mm -hmm. there's times where it's like he's just a 5 8, right? And even a Spider Woman is going to be better than Legion. But there are times 
<laughs> a lot of times. Legion comes down and it just wins the game. Wins the game. In the Conquerors event, I was 1v1 against Molt, right? I played Legion on turn 6 onto Luke's bar. And it just bounced everything he played on turn 6 back. And that was huge in a tournament. And so, like, this card can slap. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the destroy deck with X-23, just to be able to play him early, and then you have, like, all these destroy locations or whatever it might be, you'll get rid of Wakanda's, or... I, I wouldn't be surprised. Conquest, pure S tier, everywhere else, I'm going to put him in A tier as an average. I think that's probably the answer there. Next card up, we have Shauna is not in the list. Never mind. So I think we're going to get some flack here because we don't have uh, D, but this is going to be ultimately where she kind of belongs in my head. Ghost Spider. Ghost Spider for me, I think, is a pretty solid B. I think that it's slept on. It's changed to a one drop is legit. It legitimately activates that entire archetype. And I still believe in Ghost Spider outside of move. I still believe it. The kind of the shenanigans you can pull with a Ghost Spider on turn six with a very high quality five drop is legitimate. It's a good card. It's a good card. And I think it did a lot for move. Yeah, I'm going to give her a low B just because of what she does for move, right? Like she brings... A whole thing to move. I, she's lower B for me, but she's she's B. There's no way. She's never A, but she's also never C, right? Like that's kind of ultimately where she kind of belongs. And let's go to knock out some some other choices kind of somewhat quick. Well, maybe not so quick. Where do you have Iron Lad? Iron Lad for me is an A. It's a damn good card. And I, the reason why I love Iron nerfed, Lad though? is there's, there's, there's times. Sorry? Did you say you should be nerfed maybe last week like a potential? I did suggest that Iron Lad could go down to a 4-5. Because if you think about what makes Iron Lad so good, it's not necessarily the stat line. The stat line is just icing on the cake. It's that reach effect. It's the, hmm, I didn't draw Hella. Do I go the fitty-fitty? <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's what Iron Lad does. Dude, that reach can be so damn good. But sometimes, sometimes, your Iron Lad is hitting Devil Dinosaur or Ronin, right? And it's like... That's just a win. Like, I don't lose here. Or your Iron Lads, oh, I'm going to hit my Double Dinosaur or I'm hitting my Darkhawk. I don't see how I lose here, <laughs> right? Like, it's yep. just, I think Iron Lad has that ability. I've been playing a lot of Lad on turn six, but I like gambling him on turn four as well because I like hitting Broods too. I've got him an S. I think if you look at him as a card, I just like, how how is he not an S? Like, even if he hits a stone, you get a card draw. If you hit Zabu, it's like, well, you, you draw Zabu. Great. I probably have a bunch of other four costs. I'd rather play than a weird Zabu on four or three or whatever, right? Like, I, I just feel like he's just, to me, you can't replace him. His upside is so good. I have him at low S, but I have him in S tier. Could I convince you? I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm okay. listening. I just, I think that Look at the high list. A, low S is probably the spot. Because there's moments where he hits, like, you're right. You are technically, even if he hits a rock, whatever, right? But it's like... Patriot, still feels bad. Patriot Lad, you have... If you were to look at most of the top decks right now, I think Iron Lad is cemented into a good chunk yep. of them, personally. Like, no, 100%. How do I replace Iron Lad? Is a Again, we talked about this in the past. One of the ways you can evaluate cards is how often we get the comment, how do I replace X card? Yep. And Iron Lad's one of them. Because people are like, if I don't have Iron Lad, I don't know how the hell I replace that card. It's because he has that unique effect that you cannot replace. Yep. Ultimately, I think that's what put him in the S tier for, for myself. But next up, we've got... Nimrod. Where do you have Nimrod? Nimrod for me. I'm just checking over my list here. I have him in low A. I have Nimrod yep. in low A. And this is, this is, okay, I've been playing way more Destroyer than usual lately. And I'm loving the Shuri Nimrod Destroyer line. Because, you know, sometimes I'm laying in bed. It's really late. And uh, I don't want to think so hard. You I just want to play big card that makes big card go bounce and bounce. And that's what I do with Nimrod. 
It's crazy what the one power did to this card. One power completely changed the landscape of this card. I like Nimrod. Honestly, I could even argue that he could be top of A or near S. I think he does so much. I think X23 will make him better, but also worse in a weird way because of alternative play with the pure destroy deck. Dude, this is there's just nothing you can do about him when you ramp him up. Because if you make him now a nine power and above, it's like, kill me. I dare you, right? So like, he's more specific in play. I love him. A feels good to me. Negasonic, I think we can just kind of say D, F tier. It's just not super, super reliable all of the time. Stegron, tough one. For me, Stegron was in D. And this is a card that like, in my play test with it, I was like, yeah, I don't love it. You, you think C, eh? Like, okay, low, sell me on Stegron because like, I'll tell C. you when Stegron's played against me, it's annoying, but I just... Okay, obviously the kingpin stuff, that's a meme. But like, I just feel like it's so cuttable. I, I, it's missing a card. It needs one more highly synergistic card to make it really feel worth it. Yeah, I have in low C just a card that's not played a lot. That's good. I think he's fine. I think he's not. If I look at the F tier, I think he's better than every card there by a good margin. Like not a good margin, but like he, it would be disrespectful to put him in a D tier. So I had him low C. I think he's just not played a lot. But he has the value there. He also has surprise factor. I think it's okay, man. I lost a pretty important conquest because of him too. So I'll have him there and also space saving for our purposes. But yes, I can see D. I have him in C. Next card up, buddy. What do you think about Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck is a card that I actually do not have yet. So my oh. ability to evaluate it is simply on what I think. So I'm going to defer to you. Yep. Because I have not had a chance to play with Howard the Duck yet. And listen, I, it might be one of the bigger like Howard the Duck stands out there, right? And I have him in D just because like what he does great is great, but at the end of the day, like that's where he belongs. Like that, he's a uh, I love him. I love the car, man. He belongs in D tier, probably in there. He can't be replaced. I'd even play him in like my zoo deck, and I was like wanting to play one cost, right? But ultimately, I like him a lot. Uh, he could be C. Next up, we got Silk, Alex, and for Silk, I've got an A tier, especially right now, currently with where the meta's at. The 2-5's great, the Craven's great, the control aspect, I like her. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Silk's making a massive comeback right now, and I think people are realizing its power, so I agree with the A assessment. Now, again, just to save some time, I'm going to put Kang in either D or F. want to hear your thoughts on why, but I think it's got to be probably... It's just replaceable, dude. The definition of a replaceable card. Man, I feel like I'm the only one that likes Kang. So me, myself, I think Kang is like near B. In terms of the way play, yes. Let me make my stance here. However, what I will say is realistically for the average person playing Marvel Snap, he's a D card. What I'm going to say here is perhaps a surprise. But Kang, I believe, is super valuable in decks with Sheenot style gameplay where you're playing Magic and you don't have Legion. The reason for this is because the, the purpose of Legion in those types of decks is not only to give you an, an advantageous location, but you can replicate the Limbo to guarantee your turn 7. So you can confidently skip and make sure that Storm doesn't matter, Scarlet Witch doesn't matter. Okay. However, there's going to be times where your draw doesn't work. What you can do with Kang is when you have a turn 6 skip situation that you're not confident in and you don't have protected by Cosmo or whatever, you could play Kang, snap for free, of course, play Kang, and you can see whether or not that Limbo gets destroyed in a Sheenot deck. I have absolutely slayed at a very high win rate because of Kang for that exact reason. And if you're playing a Sheenot based deck, which is super popular right now, which is going to gain in popularity because of its ability to counter destroy, Kang is way better than you think it is. Because of that very fact, you can confidently skip turn six because you're holding Kang in your hand. 
I like it. I like the explanation. Do you want to use your veto card to have it in C? I want it in the F tier, but where do, where do you want it? We'll, we'll put it in F for now because okay. I, re I recognize that I have to sell the greater population on this card. But I do think that Kang, as a whole, is being slept on. I do think that it would feel better if they buffed it so that it always drew a card after yep. its effect. Okay. Because right now you only draw a card if it's drawn on the turn you play it or played on the turn you draw it, I should say. Fair so enough. I do think it needs a little bit of love, but do not sleep on its effect. I do think it's huge. I'm going to place three cards in a row. And if you have a problem with them, just let me know. We have Darkhawk and S tier. Why would it not be still just king of what he does best, right? We've got ourselves Spider 2099. I have him in either D or F, probably damn near F. Just needs some help. Probably slept on, probably needs some work. Feels like Stegron in some ways, but just a worse off because of the combo piece. That late just doesn't feel good. I would rather a three-cost card with, with less power or whatever to try to make what he does possible. Heck, maybe even lower. Now, we're going to say Phoenix Force. Actually, let's go Modoc into A tier. I think, can you feel good about that as well? Not S. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Modoc A tier. Galactus. Galactus feels like it's a really good B for me. Yeah, I remember you saying that before. I, I have to put him in A myself. Like, I just, he's the only one that does what he does. And right now, his deck is so stupid good that that's why I have him where it's at. But I do, I, I can understand the B. I could also understand someone's trying to sell S. Like, it just, it's like, I get it. It's Galactus. It does what he does best. And I feel like they've nailed it. I think they got him down perfectly. He's everywhere right now in the meta. He's one of the most played and win rate decks. I can, I can say I'm probably a little low. I would agree with A. Okay. We've got Noel, which, I, I, listen, I'm going to put him in B, and he could go higher. Does that feel fine? That's exactly what I had. I, I talked about that earlier in the show. Yeah. I said, hey, I, B, like, this is the card that's going to rise in this season. And he starts in B. This card can easily hit A. There's a chance. There's a chance. It's like just cuddling up towards S. If this season goes the way I think it might because of how damn good being able to ramp him out early is. Agreed. Spider-Ham, A tier? Yeah, yeah, I have Spider-Ham in. Uh, actually, I have him on the top of B, so I would ah, take a, a low I a. actually put it in A in preparation for your A, and I'm fine with B. I like Spider-Ham oh, a lot. Okay, okay, so we actually agree. So you thought I was going to be higher on Spider-Ham. Yeah, oh, for sure. The two costs, it did hurt just because of curve flow, yeah? Yeah, it did, of course. Yeah, it's the effect. You don't care about the power. It was the effect that was so powerful, yeah. Yeah, and I like what it does, and it's awesome, but I just feel like I can, like, live, you know, more with him in there. And, and like, Conquest, there's not a worse card to go up against because you're just like, I'm about to see this thing a million times. But uh, you could sell me on A-Tube on it. Mirage, Mirage. I actually have his low B. I'm sure you're going to have it maybe lower. I have it on low C. I have high C. High C is where I have it. Okay, I'll, I can I'll, be so... I, I, I can I, put it there, but I think it's B. Dude, I getting exactly the play that your opponent has, but more power just feels always great. It always feels like a good play. I can agree with you lifting it to B. Okay. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. I know, you know, I'll have my stance on Mirage, perhaps on another part that we'll talk about on your side. We've got a few more left. Phoenix Force is, I think, going to only get better. It's getting there, but I think it's a C at the moment. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Living Tribunal. Would you say C or B? I lean towards C. I, I like Living Tribunal less than I like Phoenix Force. Agreed there, 100%. The next two are kind of tough. Hitmonkey. Hitmonkey. I have Hitmonkey on high B, like near the top of B. Yeah, same. I wanted to put him in A, but I compared him to these, and I'm like, no, yeah. it can't. Agreed. It, that change hurt him. It did. It's so much so that like he's not even played all the time in Seri list anymore, in Balance list. He lost some of his luster. He's insane. He can win games. I love Hitmonkey as a card flavor-wise. One of my favorite 
have them in B. And lastly, we have Echo, which I think I just sold you a bit more on. I'm curious what your initial rankings are. We're, we're on her, and then what are they now? My initial ranking was D. Okay. Now, uh, you're selling me on at least C, but I did have her in D. I can agree on C. I think we can go with C together on her. She still has her, her uses. She's really good with Jean Grey, and she'll flex with how the meta goes all together. So this is going to be our list all together. While it's always fun doing a tier list, let's take this opportunity to transition to one of my favorite topics that we discuss, which is our favorite cards of the season. Now, listen, this is one of my favorite conversations that we have because we always have differing opinions. Now, I got good news, Cozy. This time, I didn't forget. We're doing costs one through six. And I'm going to let you start off with cost number one. At the one cost slot, what is one of your favorite cards of the season thus far? Yeah, dude, always love this topic because we break down... Maybe not the best cards, but the ones that have helped us the most, right, buddy? So if you watched my side, I think this isn't going to come as like a huge shock by any uh, means. But I've got Echo. Echo got my heart. It got my heart this particular season. Obviously, I, you know, I play Kitty Pride more. But Echo just feels like kind of got left behind. And she can be a very frustrating card. What I like about her that's kind of left unsaid is that... You can set and forget her in a lane for just not a lot of cost, especially on curve. And all of a sudden, you can take out the equation in your head of, I hope they don't play Darkhawk in that lane, or I hope they don't play Null in that lane, because it's done. There's nothing they can do there, right? So, like, I love it for the insurance behind what she brings, and I think she's going to get a lot more popular as we move on. What about you, bud? First of all, I think that you're one of the first people to really speak positively about Echo. And I think you might be right on this call. You know, you've been right in the past on cards that people are sleeping on. And so I am, after this podcast, I'm going to be playing a lot of Echo and specifically that amazing Zoo deck that you talked about prior. What I will say, though, is I'm going to stay a little more in the norm with my one drop. But it's a one drop that we actually talked about just prior about being one that could potentially be cut from lists. And that's Nova. Nova was a card that I relied on very much so this season for a number of reasons. One, it works really well in Destroy. Two, I've been playing a lot of Nimrod and still works well there. Three, it works wonderfully in Surfer. It's a Destroy card that really finds itself occupying different slots even outside of just traditional Destroy. So for me, Nova's been an absolute winner at the one slot. I love it because it feels like if you have a big card, you're like, they may have Shang-Chi. Nova used to be like, don't give away what you're doing. But I can't tell you how many people are like, they don't have Killmonger. Like, they didn't draw it. I'm going to stick with it. And they still play their, their games and Nova still gets his worth, right? So love it, buddy. I'll kick us off with the two. I think two cost always is the toughest to pick between because there's so many different cards that you could pick. Armor has been a big winner with the Destroy season. So almost got my pick, but I'm going to give it to Craven. I think how do you not pick Craven after his huge emergence in the meta, becoming a card that's easy? 2-4. I was just raging about Forge being a 2-4, like, oh, that's so amazing. Dude, this guy does that without even trying now. Captain Marvel is now technically 2 power more every single game you have him on. He feels good to play even late at times, because then it gives you more flexibility of where you, you know, where to move things. New York can, becomes just an instant snap win. Like, dude, I love Craven. I'm so insulted by the fact that you bring up Craven and you you pretend like it's not about the fact that you just pulled this absolutely amazing variant that you've ink split with a like a literal silver stardust flare. That's beautiful. Like for those that are listening, it's the one where Craven has like the actual tiger directly beside. It is such a beautiful variant. When did you pull that? That that just got added to the game, this didn't it? This just got added, and I put it on Twitter because, dude, look, it wasn't an easy split. Like I play, you could tell I play a lot of Craven just for my split, and a decent amount, right? And I was, I got a little lucky, 
But I put this on Twitter and the first comment was like, why didn't you save the split for the Snapchat? Like, why didn't you open it on the Snapchat? Oh. And I was like, you're right. I should have. But it dropped. And there's not a great Craven variance. There's not a lot, dude. So when this dropped, it was at insto buy. And I've got my Craven for life now, dude. So I'm glad you, glad you noticed, man. Yeah, it's, it's a nice one. I think I'm going to get this one too. I do like the Savage Line one as well, but Cozy, I'm going to play a bit of a game with you here. I bet you you can guess my two drop. It's it's as obvious as you think it is. Let's see if you can get it. What do you think is my two drop of the month? Is it Jeff? It has to be Jeff. Of course it's Jeff. It's always Jeff. I thought about not including Jeff because like it's just too obvious. You know I'm going to talk about Jeff, but like, no, I'm going to talk about Jeff. Jeff's my favorite two drop in the game. I added into decks where I'm like, you know what? I don't have to play Jeff here, but I'm going to play Jeff here. And that's when you know you love a card and it's just amazing. Like I'm adding him into decks. He really doesn't even have to be there, but I'm adding him anyway. Dude, I can't wait for the damn spotlights to come out because like even in the zoo one I showed, like I'm like, Jeff obviously fits here. Like it goes in the Jean Grey lane. You can move and get things going and, and help your pro X lane, right? And I was like, every deck has Jeff. Maybe I don't put him in there but it's kind of worse without. So it's like this weird thing. And now more people will have their hands on him whenever spotlights come out. So yeah, dude, Jeff, how do you not love him? Silk too, like, dude, two costs, just they're on fire right now with, with the options we could pick. Three costs though, buddy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. What do you got for three costs? Okay, so I'm going to cheat. Because I have one three cost that is my true favorite, and that's Silver Surfer. I mean, you can pull up that beautiful beautiful pixel that you love to pull up. It's Silver Surfer is my favorite three drop, but that's a bit of a cheat because it's not just a three drop. You don't play it on three. It's like, it's something else. It's a whole different archetype. So I pull myself back here. I'm going to cheat even more because my three, I'm actually going to pick two because one needs a special shout out, but the real favorite three drop is going to be Shadow King. Shadow King has been an absolute slayer of destroy this season. This card is by far an MVP for the entirety of August. If you're not playing Shadow King right now in your surfer decks, you're doing it wrong. This card has to be in there. It is one of the most perfect tech cards, this armor Cosmo, but even like you can skip on the Cosmo, just run this because it just does an amazing job. Shadow King is one of the most slept on cards in the game. Yeah, dude, he's so killer. He's so wild, and he just fits the meta right now in a perfect way. I love how we probably both wanted to go for Doc, but we just couldn't because just not yet, maybe. Maybe in the future, the future Spider-Man, this was his his new season, right? So you would think I would pick him. But, dude, I, I, I haven't shut up about it. I think I even picked this last season. I'm going with Gene Gray again. I'm going to keep on being that guy. If we're talking my favorite cards in a slot, this has the most decks. This was the one I took up to Infinite. Uh, Infinite. This is one I've gotten the most tickets for. Yeah, I love her. I love her. Even when the Craven deck came out, I had to do a Jean Grey version because I just thought it was better. This this week's Snapchat, like I'm often listening to you very intrigued. Like I'm legitimately interested in the decks you design and stuff like that. Echo and Jean Grey, they're just sitting in my mind. Like after the Snapchat, I'm going to play Echo and Jean Grey games because like it's just so perfect. I love the combination. And um, what I will say, Cozy, is my special shout out at three. You're naming, I, okay, the whole roster. You're naming the whole three cost roster. You sound like me in the early Snapchat days. Listen, like, I, this is my favorite MVP. Okay, you're seventh. That's why I figured I can get away with this yeah, because you've done seventh? this so many times what's to what's me. Seventh card? Just a special shout out to Nakia. Just a special shout out to Nakia who works with Lady Deathstrike, broods back in the game. Like, there's so many things that Nakia is working well with that I feel like it's not an absolute trash heap card anymore. And I'm putting it in more decks than I thought I would. It still can feel bad, but there's times where it feels really good. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, on the Jean Grey note, I was going to uh, reel it back and just say, I think the reason why both these cards got passed over, Echo is not a, a showcase card. You can't showcase that card, right? Like she's just a good card in decks, which is why she was lackluster. Jean Grey didn't meet our expectations of what, what and how she worked, which is also why she felt lackluster. I think those are the two kind of reasons why I think we, you know, kind of pushed past them a bit. 
is my last case on, on her. Uh, but yes, I agree. Nikia is better. I don't play her a ton, but is, is definitely better. Four cost, buddy. It's absorbing, man, for me this season. No question, dude. The five power is tremendous. Just tremendous, man. Even getting a forge and then playing him and all of a sudden you have a four eight and then you can have a mini crossbones and then you get to do it again, dude. I love it. It is an amazing card. It's actually gone up quite a bit more than I expected. When I first read the OTM, I'm like, okay, we got more power, but it's still absorbing, man. It's still very combo centric, but that extra two power was momentous for its ability just to be on the board and it makes it less of a risk. And I actually think that it's one of those cards I'm sleeping on personally and I need to start incorporating in more decks. He's definitely moving beyond the I'm a meme hazmat combo card yep. and now he's being utilized in many different ways. I think it was like we programmed in our minds to not include him. And so it's hard to think about his usefulness nowadays. So without question, what about your forecast? Captain Marvel. It's Captain Marvel for me. My favorite four drop. It was my favorite five drop that I never got to play because it just wasn't quite good enough. As a four five cozy, this might be one of the biggest buffs in a long time. Like this is momentous. The getting this out on three feels great because like you you know your opponent's sweating because like they, they have to control that. Uh, they got to just they got to account for that extra five power going where it has to go. I love the concept of like the macro state of the board where like, you know, you, you try and leave space for her to fly. Right. So sometimes that impacts your, your board state. But I love this card. I love the change. They absolutely nailed it. It does not feel unfair. It does not feel overpowered. It feels good. They did. This is their best OTA in almost ever. Like Venom, there's some good ones. But this is such a solid one. Like, dude, and that's why I picked Craven. The fact that just putting Craven on the board immediately either makes him an automatic 2-4, which if he's there, he's going to be bigger than that, or just makes her a 4-7. Like, that's so insane. It's crazy that the curve works out great. Love the combination. And hell, you can do Craven and Zabu. That way, you can only play one or the other, but then you have like synergy with Captain Marvel either way. Love it. Really good pick. It's hard not to include Captain Marvel. Phoenix Force gets a little bit of a, a small shout out, I think, overlooked. Not an insane card. I've had fun with it this season if we're going uh, by that metric. Five cost card, man. I'll let you go first. At five cost, I'm going to come at you with something that is a little unorthodox, and that's Kang. So on your side of the Snapchat, I made a pitch for Kang being better than people thought it was. This was the month that I started to fall in love with Kang. This was the month where I started to realize what Kang's potential was. I think that as a whole, it's still underpowered because I've only been able to identify one specific archetype and one specific style of deck where it really works. And that's the Sheenot style deck where you're running magic for the limbo effect. So it's extremely niche. It does not have the overall play rate that it could it needs work but this is a card for me this season that stole cubes for me time and time again the kang snaps felt like free cubes half the time the ability to predictably play with limbo was immensely helpful in the Sheenot based decks and i think that Sheenot is going to increase in meta relevance as destroy increases in meta relevance so i think that kang is generally generally being slept on but still it still needs a little bit of love I look forward to future Snapchat episodes and selling me more and, and lean into it, man. Keep playing them, like discover it. Cause I, I can't be sold yet. If he's only useful in one deck, if you find like 10 decks, five decks for sure. But I like it. I, Hey, I'm always for the spicy pick. And so it, it, it definitely on the spicy side, dude, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, mine was tough. I think Valkyrie really showed up this season for me, just where she's kind of landed and, and conjunction with obviously Jean Grey echo. Right. I'm going to give it to Vision. I think Vision, his change was bigger than I thought, right? Like, it, 
Yeah. One power. It's one power. But that the eight that's movable just actually feels legit, right? And I'm seeing him played much more now, especially in Sherry. Yeah, I've seen him a ton in Shuri, and he's a problem in Shuri. Like, you can't deal with that. They can just move him to a location where they know he's safe for turn six. Like, they don't even have to move him. Like, they just can just move him so that you can't predict where to play. He's right? a they can just hide him behind an armor. They can hide him where, like, into a flooded location so you can't Shang-Chi him. Like, there's so many interesting things you can do with Vision, and you're right. That one power was way more substantial than perhaps we had originally given it credit for. He brought back Lockjaw by himself, too. Like, Lockjaw sneaking back into the meta a little bit because, it, well, cheating out of Vision, it may not be a better card to cheat out like it's just so it's so damn good it's so annoying at that too right so the jubilee taking out the vision loved it it's been very consistent for me since the change and i slept on it a bit six cost alex oh man there's a lot to always choose from i'll let you uh kick it off okay so for me it was stuck between two it was stuck between two but i have to lean on my tried tested and true america chavez i'm back to chavez territory this season has really solidified Chavez as one of the premier six drops in the game simply because of its ability to consistently improve your draw. It's that's so what it does. Every single game, it always does the same thing. It improves your draw. It reduces RNG. Yeah, it's 4 and 5%. I'll tell you what, Cozy. I play a lot of Marvel Snap. I feel that 5%. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. And so even in the Conquerors event, some of us were playing very similar to those like Rocks, Hawks, and Locks types of locations style decks with Legion. I was one of the only ones playing Chavez because I wanted that Zabu. I wanted to push that Zabu up and I felt the consistency difference. I felt it over a lot of different games where I was trying to be competitive. Chavez, I think people are starting to wake up to as being one of the best cards in Marvel Snap. For sure. This is a good talking point for a second because here's the deal. I do love Chavez and I think she's the only one that does what she do. We both put her in S tier. I think we can agree on that last week. Very good card. Is it the most fun card in the game? No, that's probably why a lot of people skip it. I am seeing a little bit of problems with Chavez, and I wanted to address it. Guys, I don't think Chavez needs to be in every deck. I, I, and not said this isn't going to counterpoint your point. I think this does help you point, right? Chavez does help you draw. But you need to identify if your deck, like, I'm going to take a hard take and disagree that she needs to be in the Craven deck. I've seen her in the Craven deck. It doesn't make sense. Like, you don't need to have... That deck has so many cards that work at early play. It, you want to look at your deck and see... If you're truly trying, like you made a great point, Zabu, hell, even Deadpool, whatever, right? Like these cards that you, you need to get, that's what the deck's whole purpose is, right? But then I'm seeing it where like you have these value decks at times where it's like, what do you do? You don't need the chop is there. It, it just doesn't make all the sense. And I think that spot might be better served for another combo piece that you're trying to get in the large scale. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, like, without question. Like, I cut her from, say, my, my crystal deck where I was using uh, Ronin and Devil Dinosaur because... Like that deck, like I have so many two drops I can play. I can play Baron if it comes out. I can play, like it didn't matter, right? But with Zabu specifically, I feel like Zabu Chavez is like an auto inclusion when I, when I use the two. Because if I don't have Zabu on turn two, it feels awful. And if I do have it on turn two, it often feels like a snap condition. Like if I have Zabu and Rock Slide, like that, that's amazing. That's amazing 2-3. It's one of the best 2-3 combos in the game. So I do love what you're saying. And when I was experimenting with Lady Deathstrike, I was actually playing a Koye. Not that I recommend it, but I was playing a Koye. And when I was playing Chavez as a 6-10, I was like, wait a minute. This is actually not bad. As a 6-10, it felt way more significant. I lost to a 6-10 Chavez because of a Koye. So I actually know exactly, like, dude, I was like, what the <laughs> hell? And then I also, it was a Wakanda Embassy. It was a 6-11. Uh, 
And I was just like, I had, you know, plus twos to my card, but like that 611, I was like, Jesus, like it just took me down. And I, I the, the guy had very lucky circumstances for even Wakanda Embassy to trigger to get him that. It was, it actually, you know what it was? I think it was a hub. That's how I lost too, which was so crazy, is that this hub gave it, and I was like, how did this thing even get the bonus? Regardless though, the, the bonus points to the Chavez, we just talked about Vision being a 5-8, right? So 6-10, big significant change. And as you know, you can't really shunk Chi, right? Because she's usually out on turn on turn six, right? So she, she used to be a she used to be a six ten. She was nerfed. Oh yeah, she was nerfed during beta. She was a six ten, right? And just as I entered, so right near the end of the wave season, which would have been the first season of Marvel Snap, they nerfed her down to a six nine. Yeah, nice. it, it absolutely. She was filthy in the beta. I do like the pick, dude. I think that's great, and I'm glad that was good discussion to have around her. Okay, so a man. <laughs> Listen, death isn't a death isn't a six cost. I won't pick her. I just think she's like so fun, dude. I think she's so underrated all the time for what she does. And in this season alone, I would play her a ton just because everyone's destroying stuff for you. So it's going to be for free a lot of the times. My pick will be the most controversial I've made myself. I'm disappointed in myself. You were supposed to save the Jedi, not kill them, essentially, Anakin. I'm going to go Galactus. Now, I am speaking of this more of because I haven't played Galactus since February. I don't play a lot of top meta decks. I, I, I just don't. But it was time for me to update a guide on Galactus. So I did commit, right? When I, anytime I put out a guide, I commit. I play a lot of the cards just so I can learn all the intricacies. Damn it, he's fun. And I hate it. I hate that he's fun. I hate that he's really good. He's, I think he's the highest win rate deck this season. The, it's because, dude, it's the Nimrod deck that Galactus is disguised, man. And we didn't even talk about him all that much with X-23. I don't know why, but Galactus is going to be significantly better there because now you have eight energy potentially. But it's the fact that everyone's playing Destroy, so they're like, oh, here we go. It's another another Destroy deck, and you just can cheat him out that much easier. I hate playing him with ramp cards like Electro, but I love playing him with the Goblins. I love playing him just purely playing with a Nimrod and trying to beat that, try to beat that. He's fun. He's solid. He feels beatable. I don't ever want to be too popular, and I get that, and I'm sorry, guys. I got a lot of heat when I released the video, but I got to do it every now and then, right? He gets my respect this season. I don't love the I'm not saying he's crazy, but this is definitely, for six cost, it surprised me. It's a controversial take, but I respect it. And I think you're right to identify that there's less obvious tells now. You don't see the electro. You don't see the wave. Like It's not quite like that. Hobgoblin starts to feel like a little more of a tell. I think that's one of the big ones. The one thing about X-23, which is super fascinating, is that I like the design because X-23 is a risk because it can bounce into the location you're hoping to play the Galactus. Yep. So it has that counterbalance naturally, which I think is really cool with Galactus. But you're right, Galactus on turn five, that feels dirty. And all the Nimrod-based gameplay does disguise the potential for Galactus. And that's the thing. Uh, Lady Deathstrike works with her a little bit. And it, it, what, what, with him. But the thing is, when you play Conquest, you get your first four, eight, two cubes, right, with a Galactus play. But then what I love is, even if they know you have them, dude, they're in their heads so much. And on top yeah. of that, oh, there's nothing better, guys. If you want to play Galactus, you play a Hobgoblin down, right? And they are just so sold that that's Galactus's lane, and then you just do a Nimrod play, and you get a little bit of power on the right side or whatever. Like, you already have the Hobgoblin lane done and done. So, like, there's ways to really... That, honestly, he was truly a card. The more I played with him, the better I got. I felt like that, and there's not decks that I feel like that all the time, and he, he was one of them. I think that's enough about Galactus, but I do think he was worth talking about, finally, on the Snapchat. 
You know what? It's funny. When I play Galactus, sometimes I'll just like splash him into a deck for fun, like at Infinite. I'm not even in Conquest, just Proving Grounds, whatever. And I'll sometimes leave a lane like completely open just so I can see if I can get someone with just a straight up seven points by surprise on turn six. Yeah. Like play like a random deck that does not even ever have Galactus. I'm the only person playing Galactus in this list <laughs> just so I can be like, whoa, yeah. let's just see if I can catch him off guard, right? For sure. He's a great plug and play. That actually takes us to the next point of conversation, which is the meta decks of August 20. 2023. Now you were right to identify Galactus making a comeback and he is one of the meta decks of August 2023. Let's actually start there. So Galactus right now, and uh, we're going to put the deck on the screen. The deck is running a 57% win rate, 9,700 games. Cozy, the list involves Nova, Bucky Barnes, Carnage, Wolverine, Green Goblin, Venom, Shuri, Hobgoblin, Nimrod, your boy Galactus, and finally Destroyer. And as you said, it's that package that hides the fact that it's a straight-up Galactus deck that makes it so potent. Yeah, for sure. I I, mean, I splash in a couple other cards from time to time. Green Goblin, I can't decide. I feel like he's too early of a tell, and that's why I don't love him. And we're in a Destroyer season, so I just like give him Carnage food. So like I, 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 I did play him, but I think I ended up cutting him ultimately from my list. I forgot. But either way, I remember just like not liking him as much this season. But dude, yeah. Galactus, really good spot because of Destroy. If you're going to play him, this would be the time. We talked about it last time. Craven move. I think obviously we know Craven is in a good spot, whether you want to go with more of the value side, the, the control side. I think we could both agree. We, we talked more about that last episode. So if you want to really dive into that, guys, you can check out the last podcast or both of our videos. So that's always good. What do you feel about... It's funny, Destroy is such a good place, and I feel like we're just kind of going to be entering where that's going to go. It's weird to talk about Destroy, because there is a very commonly played Destroy deck right now. Again, on the screen, 55% win rate. It is running Deadpool, Nova, Bucky, Barnes, Carnage, Wolverine, Killmonger, Venom, Dakin, Deathlock, Hulkbuster, Taskmaster, and Death. One might say, I saw this on a channel called cozy snap it's a very good deck and uh i actually want to just say that like i think destroy is really gonna ramp up with x23 i think it's an ideal card for this archetype so this deck you're seeing right now changes it changes tonight when x23 comes out and i think that it will be a very natural inclusion what i want to say though i want to come back to something you said just a few minutes ago cozy you were talking about green goblin okay you said that you cut Green Goblin out of the deck because you felt that for your playstyle, it wasn't serving a the role that you wanted it to. It was a tell that you didn't want. I think that's so key. And I want to talk about this for a second because when we talk about meta decks, okay, we're showing you what the statistics illustrate as being the meta decks. These are the ones that people are playing, the good win rates, the popularity, yes. However, if there's a card in that meta deck that does not suit your playstyle, be very comfortable and confident to sub it and make that deck your own. I think that's important. I really do. Like, I don't think that you should just be carbon copying the decks we talk about here, just like straight up copy paste. You can do it if you want, right? Do it, <laughs> do it if you want. But what I really want you to do is challenge yourself to say, how do I make this deck my own and better? Use it as a template and make it better. Yep. That is something that I love to see. And maybe it's just a surprise card that catches your opponent off guard. But I wanted to come back to that because what you said about Green Goblin, I think is an incredibly important teachable moment that I just wanted to highlight there. Yeah, thanks, man. And again, it's like the season too. Like, I think that Green Goblin is just, it's not a season. Too much destroy, man. When you can clog, when they really want to get a combo down, he's perfect. I just didn't feel it. And, and, and other people may love him. And again, that's a great point there to bring up being on a flex cards in. You know, I would say Destroy 2 is interesting. I think if you commit now to X23 Destroy, you are going to be, by November, a menace. And what I mean by that is, 
It is so effing hard to judge how good this card is going to be this month. But in two months, or even a month, man, when people forget about it a bit more and the, and the decks aren't tailored to it, it's, it, dude, X23 from now forward, Destroy is going to be a problem. And it's going to be a tough deck to beat, dude. So I'm excited to see where that goes. De I, again, I think we can blow by some decks that we've talked about so many times. High, high Evo, obviously, very, very, very good. Still turn seven. We already talked about the turn seven kind of magic. We talked about that in so much extent on my side. Alex, Surfer, we, we spend too much time on. But what I will want to give you just a moment for is like, what do you think is the Surfer deck at the moment? Right now, in terms of meta statistics, there's a Surfer deck running. It's a 56% win rate. And uh, the current leader is Nova, Goose, Brood, Rogue, Silver Surfer, Storm Juggernaut, classic combo, Killmonger, of course, who's got Nova, Shadow King, Polaris, Spider-Man, and Sarah. Now, I think the reason why this particular deck, Cozy, is kind of rising in the ranks is because you have Polaris, which helps to counter Galactus play, right? Which I think is important. You have the counteract of uh, of Shadow King versus the Destroy. You have Goose, which counteracts Galactus. You have Brood, which is just huge power. But what I would like to see in this deck, what I've been doing personally, is I've been incorporating Forge. I've been liking Forge. And the reason why, Cozy, I got a hot take. And I, feel free to disagree here. Now, naturally, you want turn two Forge into turn three Brood. You don't even always want that, but that's pretty good. Because you can even, if you don't have Sarah, you can play a three drop and Forge on turn five and then finish with Brood Silver Surfer mm -hmm. on six, right? But I'll tell you something. When I was playing Forge on turn two, even if I didn't have Brood, I'd play him anyway. Because if I pulled or if I had, say, Storm, a three five Storm still felt really good and made that lane extremely winnable, especially when I lock it down. So I think that Forge is a worthy inclusion in Silver Surfer, even if the meta is not reflecting it yet. Oh, agreed. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like always, it is, Surfer has not changed in the fact of a bunch of three-cost cards, sometimes Sarah, and then you want two, either one or two-cost cards. So having Forge now replace Goose in some lists or whatever, depending on the list, he just belongs. He just belongs. It, even if it's not Storm, name any other three-cost card, and that's going to have more power and more oomph behind it. A magic, right? The most worthless one. It, 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 like, if that's in a Surfer deck, right? Like, that three extra power is three more to add two more on, right? Like, it's just, it flows well. You can pick the lanes. I agree, man. I love the Forge pick for sure. Probably the last deck I'll talk about, at least on my end, uh, Thanos builds all great, guys. Thanos is insane. The last build I'll talk about that I think is being... I don't know. Just not talked about enough with the Forge change. People went Surfer right away. It's Patriot, man. Patriot is in such a play. Patriot is the, I don't have the new cards. I'm pissed. I'm jealous kind of thing. Hey, cool. You're just not playing a deck that can just beat anything at this point. It's in a great spot. In a very, very good spot. Patriot Lad or Pure Patriot. Guys, between the, there's been so many changes that have helped Patriot out, but Forge specifically an absorbing man. But Forge going into either the Brood or Mr. Sinister, the fact that you can have a 2-5, guys, a 2-5 Mr. Sinister, and then you can easily add another 2 power, possibly more. You can now cut Mystique, which is insane. You don't always want to, but if you don't have other ongoing cards, you can cut her, right? So it's like the, the Patriot Lad, bro, Iron Lad copying Forge, you're like, great fantastic i would love this like it just feels great you don't have as much of a finish ultron is obviously good dr doom does work still into a large degree but i love forge and patriot you guys you heard him say right 
Ultron's obviously good. He said it, not me. Said it for Quote you. him. Said it for you. Clip it and ship it, right? I just, but it's funny how like just like a minor change to Forge really like this is even this deck conversation. I'm supposed to be about Forge. We already talked about Forge, and here we are again. That's how impactful that OTA was. And again, one change, one number change, and all of a sudden it impacts a multitude of different cards and decks and archetypes. And you're right to identify Patriot. Patriot has been one of those like go to. I don't have all the cards, or I just want to play a deck that it just it plays. And now. For some reason, Enchantress is seeing less play. But it is in the deck that I'm going to finish this conversation off with, which is the Bolt and Stature-based deck. We're seeing a lot of different iterations of the Bolt and Stature-based deck. Uh, this is more of like a kind of like a Rocks and Hawk style list that still runs, you know, your Zabu, your Rockside, and the others. We got it up on the screen here. It runs this commanding 62% win rate according to Untapped. And I got to tell you, it's a fantastic list that, cons uh, that comprises of Korg, Spider-Ham, Zabu, Jeff, Killmonger, Darkhawk, Shang-Chi, my favorite card at the four drop, Captain Marvel, Enchantress, Rockslide, and then Stature and Bolt. Honestly, the deck just performs. It puts up points cozy, and uh, this is actually post a Black Bolt and Stature nerf, so it's still holding on, and I feel like it's not as highly played as it should be. Yeah, dude, it's a great list. I love it. And Stature, everyone got her who wanted her, who wanted to target her, and, and I got her because she came out in the spotlights recently, and it's only going to get better. So for Samurai, not to make this list even more cracked. Alex, we got destroyed cards. This is a segment that I want to have more often, right? Like we were mm -hmm. kind of picking between Silver Surfer and Destroy. And we definitely want to do Surfer because that's such a fun topic. It's Destroy season, right? So I felt like this was the flavor pick. I'm glad you picked Destroy. I think this was definitely the right way to go. There's something about both of us revealing our cards at the same time, right? And going back and forth on, on, on which one they're going to pick. Dude, are you excited to talk about top 10 destroy cards right now? I, I actually am. I'm actually really excited to talk about the top 10 destroy cards because uh, I, I'm, I'm most interested in our deviations, where you disagree with me, where I disagree with you, where we land on the same page. And we don't share these in advance. And we do that on purpose because we actually think it makes better content, right? It'd be easier if we just did it together or we showed it at the same time or something like that. But I think this is so much more interesting because I wouldn't surprise you with Surprise Ultron in a top 10 list if we figured it out in advance. Now, would no I? No way, dude. I would stop you before you left off Thanos. The whole, the whole, that was, yeah, an epic... <laughs> Epic Alex moment. Ooh. So the thing is, we're obviously going to be naming the same cards like at times. Like this is going to bound to happen. I'm sure we can uh, elaborate on our picks more when they come up on our side. Uh, but it's the ordering that, that, that this is more spicy about. I think towards the bottom, I think there's cards that can be left off. I don't know about you. The way that I organized it is I just sorted by destroy. Whatever's in there is safe to go. I did leave off Shang-Chi. I want to ask ahead of time. Did you push Shang-Chi? I left him off just because I felt like... I chose to leave off Shang-Chi. Okay. I don't feel like he's part of that archetype. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we got that out there right away. Uh, let's start with 10. Yeah, and work our way up. All right. Sure. I'll start us off. And uh, it's it, first of all, it was super hard to order these. Super hard. Extremely. And this is also before the release of X-23 officially. Big, big notice there. It's before yeah. the release. 100%. Number 10 for me, this is where I put Arnim Zola. And this is a card that's way higher than 10 in terms of fun factor for me, but in terms of like decks, meta relevance, win rate, all that stuff, I give it 10, but I'm prepared for you to be like, Alex, seriously, 10 for Arnim Zola? Yeah, dude, what the, I can't believe, like, would you put, uh, yeah, dude, he's 10 for me too. I have him as number 10. Oh, no, no yeah, way! Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, fun factor, uh, how much I like the card, how good I think he is, like, he's he's really good. I, he's it, it, There's just nine better cards on a consistent basis is why I picked above him but yeah i agree now in 
come come talk to me again after X23, and we can shoot him out with Noel going way up there. But yeah, especially because it's pure destroy that we're trying to focus on here. Like he is like good in an overall sense, but I had to go uh, with him there. Uh, hit me with number nine. Number nine for me. Now this is hard because this is like an archetype MVP. So I felt bad putting it at number nine, but there's so many other cards doing magical things out there. This is where Carnage lands for me. What? Um, I know. I know. But listen, I know it's hard, but like it makes sense. Like it really does. I know you look so insulted. You're saying no, man. No, I, Carnage for me was nine because I felt like it is specifically kind of really tight to this archetype, right? It doesn't have the leeway that some other of these cards do. And I really, it, it has a ceiling. It has a ceiling on how high it goes. Whereas like other cards when you're talking about soon, they have ceilings that are way higher than Carnage. So I put it at nine, but I'm ready for you to roast me. Oh yeah, I mean, I could spend a whole time. We can make a topic if you want to. Uh, it, yeah, dude, it's a two power card that does the destroy function that grows to eight, that eats things on your side that can be used so many different well, yeah I, I i'll talk about him but i'm shocked i'm shocked if if you put him at a couple places higher i'd be shocked uh, yeah i am uh really you're yeah, that much higher carnage is, a, is one of the best cards man he's so good he's so good he does what you, the whole point of destroy decks are to destroy and he does it at the cheapest cost he's he allows you to do the venom and destroy play or him and together with venom for nimrod action to spread lanes he's early he's great to stack tall he doesn't get over the Shang-Chi range. I, I can keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, he destroys stuff on his side. I know, side. but my argument is that he, he doesn't win the game. He doesn't win a destroy game. He, uh, he enables the win, but he's not the card that finishes it. He's not the card that puts the points down. That's my argument. This is why I love he's top He's good tens. at what he this does, is, but he's not the one. I hate this worse than your Ultron pick, but... That's why I like top tens. So I'm here for it, buddy. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, uh, oh, my, it's me. I was so derailed. I yeah, even, you like, got to say yours. I like got hopped out of my, my chest here. This is where I've got Bucky Barnes. Now, I think he's easy to sleep on here. He's easy to pass up. I had to put him at number nine. Listen, he's he's two cost. He's six power, but he's really two eight, no matter what, for the most part. Uh, maybe maybe two seven if you eat him with a Venom. Probably not a great decision. Him and Carnage in the lane is one of the most tried and true stack tall situations that you can uh, come up with. And yeah, he's insane. He's great for what he does. He's He feels like X-23 in a sense where it's like you're destroying him, but you're getting just pure, pure profit and value. We love two fives. He's a two six, technically a two eight or four. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but I'll say that I've left the Winter Soldier off my list. I had a feeling. And once, well, once I heard Carnage this low, I was like, well, Bucky's gone. Bucky. Also, fun fact, I didn't know how to spell Bucky because I missed that question. I put an EY on your on your recent trivia quiz that Alex just did. If you haven't checked that out, guys, you need to go check uh, that video out. It was a lot of fun there. Felt your teacherism in there. And that's a new word I came up with. What about number eight? Number eight for me. This is where Wolverine comes. I think that Wolverine comes in at eight. Oh, come on. No, it no, can't no, be, no, you no. can't be that far off now. No, I, I was just giving, I'm just giving you crap. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now I'm nervous because like, I'm like, oh, come on. But yeah, Wolverine comes in at eight for me. And this was tight between the eight and the seven. I kind of swapped the two back and forth. And 
I think Wolverine's a great card. I think it does what it needs to do. The rework was one of the best reworks they've ever done in the game, actually. Like, if you actually go back mm -hmm. in time, this rework was a godsend to this archetype, to the card. This variant, though, I don't know how I feel about it, but it's trying to get my video demonetized. But I will tell you that, like, Wolverine is in a good spot. I think it's a great card. And sometimes, I like the RNG side of it in a fun way because, like, sometimes you, you want it to, like, hey, come on, land over there. Land over there, damn it. Go into that flooded location and it just doesn't. You, or it wins the game for you, right? So I do like Wolverine. I love the additive power effect of it. It makes Venom feel better. And overall, it's just, I think it's a really good card. Yeah, I would say I put him and my seven over and over, like just back to back. I, I, I felt like I couldn't decide where to put each one. I'll put, ultimately, I'm still deciding, I guess. I'm going to put him at the same spot. I could probably put him a, a, a tad bit higher. It's not even that he's bad. He's cracked. He's an easy 2-4, 2-6 most games. 2-8 on some crazy games, 2-10 on even wilder ones. But the cards above him I like better for the archetype, even though he's just so stupid good. I, it feels wrong putting him here. And again, I'm probably going to regret what I have at 7, and it could flip with this, and I'll just lean into it. This is where I do have the brand new season pass card. I have Dawkin at 7, and I think he could probably go below Wolverine. It's a tough call because they do different things at different times with different important levels. So I don't really know because the extra cost is a big thing. You can get Wolverine up to an 8 if it gets crazy enough. He feels like he blends in a bit more. Doc and you can have bad things happen too. It's tough, man. I flip-flopped with those two, but that's my number 7. Interesting choice. I, li I like the pick, right? I like to play... It's also not like a traditional destroy card, so I like how you're reaching out of the box a little bit here, right? But it, it, it Doc is a great card. And uh, it actually synergizes very well with the archetype as a whole. And uh, I gotta be honest with you. My number 7... It, it's one of the most vertical cards in Marvel Snap. And uh, this is where, for me, it's Deadpool. And I think that Deadpool could rise. I think that with X-23, you're going to get a lot more capabilities of being able to play more cards down with that extra energy. I think Deadpool likes that. I like the idea of like being able to destroy X-23 on turn 5 and then play... You could literally play, uh, you know, Null and Deadpool on turn six because of that seven energy. So I think that Deadpool is going to find a very interesting spot in the meta. And for me, it comes in at seven because I, I, I just think it's a great card. And it is very draw dependent, right? Very draw dependent. But when you get moving, this card is an absolute wrecking ball. Yeah, I definitely. I, I get it, man. That's why I have him at number six. So Deadpool for me is going to be just a touch higher. And that's why I can't get over the carnage. I'm going to try to... Trying to keep moving forward here. Deadpool's great, though. He's not as universal all the time. You need things to go right. But again, even if you get him at a 1-4. The thing is, dude, the Forge buff is so stupid good for Deadpool. It's ridiculous. It cuts Nova from the list a lot of the times. You're doing so much to get Nova out there. Now, just get the Deadpool out. And it doesn't matter about the one extra point because you can get that Forge bonus later on. You can ramp him quicker. Hulkbuster got a nice charge up as well. And so both those just work in tandem. I think he's only going to get better. X-23 has a natural synergy with the card. And not to mention, he fuels death's cost lowering. He fuels Noel's cost hiring. And he can be played on turn six with Tazmat. I mean, yeah, I love Deadpool. He's my number six. Fantastic. And as we reach into number six, which you've now jumped to, that's where for me it's death. Now, this is one of those cards that can feel like it's the number one of the archetype. And it's seen some changes. It's seen some changes recently. But I do think that even though Death Wave is gone, that whole archetype has just completely been shuttered, it's still a card you often get out for free, or at least at a heavily discounted rate. It's still just a good card. It's an archetype-defining card, so for me, I think Death is worth position six. Oh, it's fantastic. You know what's great is I left off... This is my Thanos. 
somehow when I sort it, didn't include death on my list. I don't know how that happened. Oh. Yeah, whatever. We all make mistakes, my man. I, I'll yeah, say yeah. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I like it, man. That, I can't believe I left death off. That's just stupid to me. I would push everything down one and put it here. I think that's fine. I think the ones that I have above, potentially, would be where death is at, and I would take off Arnim Zola if I were to, like, redo the list there. That's shocking, though. Yeah, yeah, I like This is hilarious. Cozy's experiencing an Alex moment. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I looked. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, death. I go, my, my first thought, I go, it's a little low. And then I look, I'm like, where did I place her? Didn't even put her on the list. I think you know what it was is I, I, it sounds like that you don't have Dawkin on the list, which is crazy to me too. Dawkin is a destroy card. Like that's who he is. So like he has to be on the list. He's a three, eight that can build up and build your destroy deck. So I tried so hard to force him on there that I've got death. What a, yeah. I didn't include Dawkin. No, I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't actually identify him as a destroy card, hmm. but you're right. I agree with you. Like, I agree with you. He should be on the list. And like, he, he probably knocks Zola off. Like, Let, at least, Less so right? than death, though. So death, de 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 my, my, my boo-boo is pretty bad here. Yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is where death needs to go for sure. And this was five or six for you? This was six. So we're on okay. five now because you leaded with your six before. One Leaded. Good English there, Alex. It's okay. We're <laughs> just all melting down now, right? <laughs> Let's go. Number five, dude. I'm, I'm curious if this is where you have... I, I, I've got Noel here. Noel's going to go way higher than this later on. Uh, but when it comes to like winning and the, the, the games where he wins me it versus the games where he's sitting in my hand as like a 1-6 or a 6-6 six, six, and I'm like, cool, buddy. Like, thanks for nothing. That's why I have him as an average here. What he costs, how you fit him in. This is completely going to change in a week. It's where I have Null too. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Null, Null I think is going to be a riser as well, especially with X23. I think X23 completely reactivates this card. It's crazy what X23 is going to do for turn five and six and destroy. Like Green. turn five and six has always had this juggle of like, what do I do? Like, I want that free death out there. Sure. But how do I approach the turn six? It's the Null. It's the Zolids. There's so many different options and X23 completely changes that landscape. So I suspect Null is going to rise. Number four, I have a feeling now I know exactly where when I have Carnage where you have other cards, but what is four for you? Four is where I have Nimrod because like Nimrod for me has been an absolutely fantastic card. I've loved it. This was a card that like I was pretty low on on release and it just didn't quite work the way I wanted it to. And then that one power and the Shuri combination and I listen, I just love Destroyer. I like the brand. Like I just, I love everything about Destroyer, right? It's just such a natural play style. It's very straightforward. It puts up points. I love the opportunity of, uh, you know, even playing magic, right? And you have on turn seven, you can play like, you know, Venom and you can play Carnage together and smack the, the Nimrods absolutely everywhere while keeping your destroyer on the board. You can even play Venom. You can, there's so many fantastic things you can do. I, I've, I've been a huge believer of Nimrod. Like this has been the card, I think, in terms of Delta from like me on release to where I am today has had the biggest change. Yeah. By far, I'm a no, I'm a not. I was gonna say no believer. I'm always been a no believer, but I am now a Nimrod believer. Yeah, number four, Alex. I like the Nimrod pick for sure. So much so that I picked the same card. Yeah, number four, man. This is where Nimrod fell in for me too. I think what Nimrod did to destroy the best period is just give it a different play style. The fact that destroy was the most one dimensional deck in the game, dude. It was so obvious what it was happening. It was just even dis discard had like lockjaw discard back in the day. Destroy has always been destroy. Nimrod brought in a different build. Just so cool about that and the ways that you can manipulate him to where he makes Dr. Doom look like he's garbage, right? Like just you can build up that power to such insane degrees. So I love that at number four. I'll kick us off into number three, dude. This is where I got Carnage, man. Top three destroyed card by far. 
that, yeah, there's no conduit. I kind of explained my case on them. The cheapest way to destroy. Period is just the best, dude. I just, oh my God, I love them. What do you, what do you got here? Is this where you have, can I stab? Can I take a stab? Sure. Do you have Nova ranked this high? I don't. This is where I have Destroyer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is where I put Destroyer. And it goes oh. with no and Nimrod and Destroyer were like, kind of. I actually cut Nova from this list, which Good. is crazy to me. No, I, I was honestly, like, I didn't I'm, want to. I'm I didn't okay want to. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't have Nova. Yeah, like it's it's because of X twenty three coming out and like forge Nova is so good, but I feel like it's better. Yes, it's the forge too. Like there's been all these things impeding on Nova's strength, and now with all the armors, the one power that they took off Nova, you feel it more now. Mm -hmm. Like this is where that that nerf months ago makes more sense. Right yep. now, yep. it makes sense. So I took Nova off. I didn't listen. I, I still believe in Nova. I still like Nova. I'm not taking Nova out of my surfer list yet. But Nova did drop down. But for th for me, at three, it's Destroyer. Nimrod could have been three. This could have been swapped. Three, four, Destroyer, Nimrod. Because I'm playing them as a package. Okay. Uh, but I also think that, like, there was, like, if you're, listen, there's going to be new players playing Marvel Snap, right? New players coming all the time. Still, to this day, just ongoing Destroyer represents one of the cheapest pool three decks you can build with pool two cards. Like, this this card, it just functions beautifully. And uh, if they play Cosmo, sometimes Destroyer is a perfect card to play there. Okay. Right? Like, oh, I don't get to destroy my... I don't have to destroy my board now? And maybe you played a different line? Boom. No problem, right? Destroyer is way more flexible than people give it credit for. Yeah. Nimrod made him better, for sure. And I do, yeah. I do like Destroyer. I don't have him on my list at all. I think the problem is... Wow. Yeah, the problem with him is he, he ticks me off more than he makes me happy, right? Like, I, I can't, I risk killing things that I've worked so hard to build up. The Sakaar game comes out. Whatever happens, happens it, with Destroyer. I feel like if they wave, I don't have an option. You have to build your deck pretty one-dimensional to make it work super I significant. Agree. But the Shuri into Nimrod and have a Bucky Barnes in the lane can just win. Like, it's just stupid good. Like, that's just a dumb, dumb good play. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely had to put, like, Doc in these value plays a bit more in there over him because I can easily build up to that just a little bit quicker, I feel like. But I, yeah, I don't like hate the pick, but that's what I have. For two, I, we're going to have the same two here. It just depends on the order. So I'm actually curious. Number two, who do you got? This is where I put Venom. Okay, so we're swapped. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've got... Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's obvious what our two is. So, so we can talk about them together. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So Venom and Killmonger are going to be the top two. I've got Venom at number one. He does that. When I'm talking pure destroy, that's why I have Venom there. Whereas like broad sense, it's Killmonger. So it's like a give and yeah. take. I, I get it. They're both just so badass, yeah? Yeah, I, the change to Venom completely elevated Destroy. Like, Destroy was, like, always kind of like... If you go back three months, Destroy was not seeing play. It really wasn't. And then Venom got buffed, and then, like... And then they even tried to give some... Like, Phoenix Force was theoretically supposed to be a little love to Destroy, too. Like, Destroy was getting these pieces, right? And now we're in August, and they're like, it's a Destroy Wonderland. It's Destroy Christmas out here. Yep. But, yeah, Venom, the change to Venom, two power complete it, it two power tripled the play rate of destroy like legitimately tripled destroy because like it's just that good it's a huge card it is an archetype defining card i actually like venom uh, with uh with Dawkins specifically because now you have very different lines you have multiple lines and it's not a one-dimensional card obviously you have the the arnim zola synergy null synergy it just synergizes with the entire there's nothing that Venom can't do. That's amazing for this archetype. I think it's funny. We should do a topic sometime where it's just like period, borderline, done, our top 10 favorite cards in Marvel Snap. Like, hell to it. Like, it, it'll take time. But I think Venom might make that list for me. Like, I love Venom as a card. He never feels bad to pull. The fact is, 
you're destroying things, which is the entire purpose of the deck. So you're building up the Deadpool, you're taking down death costs, you're building up Null, whatever you're trying to do. You're not actually getting rid of anything because the power just goes right into Venom. You're activating all these other things. You can Taskmaster Venom. You can Arnim Zola Venom. You can eat up things that are taking up space. You can build more room with Venom. The guy's a perfect-ass card. I love Venom. That's why I have him at number one. And the Killmonger's Killmonger. We've talked about him so much. Like, what do we say? He kills one Like, yeah. Killmonger is going to go up even more because X-23 could just take that top spot because of that extra bit of synergy, too. The thing that rises Killmonger above slightly for me was that it's application in even more than just destroy decks. Like it's played in the rocks and hawks based list right now. Like you're seeing it out there. It's actually being cut with the prevalence of armor now, but you're used to see that. You're seeing it in surf. Obviously, it's a, it's a mandated card in surfer, basically, right? Yeah. There is, it's just, it's in way more lists than Venom is. And that's why it kind of like for me popped up by that one. But for destroy, I would actually agree with you that I think that Venom is by far the most critical card for destroys all. Yeah, it definitely is 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 crazy. The cards we left off, I think the biggest one snubbed is probably, I would guess, then Arnim Zola because we would push them all down for death. Nova, and then Yondu. You know, Yondu's just one of those cards. Like, I think people are like, well, Noel. The thing is, he's building up your Noel, and he's lowering the death. And, and sometimes death, man, all you need is that one extra thing. Yeah. The problem is X-23 is probably going to hurt him a lot more than you think because he felt good to play on one too and that's where i think it's going to be a little bit tough to fit him into all the time but yeah i think we could both say yondu so dude that was a fun top 10 we had a long episode today but that's because we had a lot of crazy stuff happen what a great episode buddy and any closing notes this is always a ton of fun. I absolutely love the tier list stuff because like it feels so much better to bounce it off someone because you know we sell each other on our plays and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And so I, I'm really proud of what we came up with. Just like last week, I was really proud of the tier list we came up with. So I think that when we work together, we make a better product. Love it. On that note, everybody, we'll see you guys on the next Snapchat next Monday. Haven't missed a Monday since launch, my friend. And until then, happy snapping.